Blog Talk Radio. This is your fault for listening. I am the big funny Travis Simmons. This is Science Monday. Science Monday. I got a few friends on the line. I have uh, back from the past, from the old funny to the moon days. I got Jen with me and our uh, new uh, co-host extraordinaire. You don't even know her yet. I got uh, Lady L on the line. (laughs) We got the the death doula (laughs) around this mug. Watch out, folks. Uh, we are here. She's here today to talk about everything and anything, including whole math. So today's t- title is Science Monday. If this, then that, whole math, and why white people are mad, part one. Uh, I'm going to open this other line, and then we'll start our conversation. 360, you are on the line. Who's that? Hello. Am I on here? Hello? Yes. You there, Tony? Hello. Is that Tony? Yeah. Okay, Tony, Lydia, yeah. Jen, we are live. This is your fault for listening. Science Monday. If this, then that. Whole math and why white people are mad. Part one. Since Lydia is our first guest, we will let her choose which topic we talk about first. <laughs> we also have the science of angry. We also have the science of angry white people as one of our potential topics today. Plus, anything anybody else wants to talk about, it's always open topics here on your fault for listening. I mean, I want to end heavy with the, the the white people remarks. I got a lot saved up for that, but that's not where I feel like we should start. Like, let's let's do some seduction into the the heavy hitter. You know. Okay, so we can start with any old if then this that. Or if then, then what? One of the ones I thought of today, it might be kind of heavy, but it was like this. I thought, uh, I was like, what kind of if then, um, then that, if this, then that can I come up with that can bring it back into racism? And I thought of the best one. Uh, if rich uh, uh, white people were willing to pay poor white people, then there wouldn't have been slavery in the first place uh, of black people. <laughs> true, true. If they weren't so, so stingy. <laughs> right. They wasn't so stingy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> stingy, greedy. Uh uh last night we were uh, celebrating a friend of ours birthday party and one guy told me about how like in France they like drown baby ducks in liquor and then they they eat them and it tastes so good and it's so Embarrassed by what they're doing, I'm. They they have to put a sheet over their eyes so they don't see themselves eating it, and I just thought, well, you know, I, I wouldn't even. I, yeah. They put sheets over their whoa, whoa, whoa. You got back to plan. What did you just say? What did you just say? He said that they take baby ducks, okay, uh-huh. drown them in liquor. God, God. okay. And it tastes so good that no matter how horrific that sounds to any thinking uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) person, that they got to do it, but they're embarrassed by doing it. And so they put like uh, sheets over their head and and Jen basically said, uh, I'm going to go Red Fox on you. Uh, They got, they they got reasons to put their sheets on, on here too, but it ain't got nothing to do with ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because it blew my mind. I didn't understand if you meant they put sheets on the duck's head. I was like, no, on their own. They duck on their own. A whole sheet. 
This is formerly funny at, to the moon. <laughs> yes. I mean, speaking of napkins, speaking of napkins, my father actually said that if you eat chitlins, you should not be allowed napkins. You should have to use toilet paper just to remind you of what you are doing. Wow. <laughs> That's cold. No. No right? Don't talk to your dad <laughs> on New Year's at all. It ain't right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't be inviting my father to any Black New Year's parties nah. when you be eating chitlins, no. Because you, because you got nah, that South yeah. Carolina in you there, Tony. Uh, this is Tony Zamboni, uh, Lydia and Jim. North, uh, north, north. Oh, north, north, North Carolina. Okay, okay. All right. Well, still, <laughs> that don't help that much. You know what? <laughs> it was all one Carolina at time. You know, one time I. Uh, this is a true story. I actually cooked some chitlins one time. Uh, I was spending mm-hmm. the night over at Mr. Mookie's house, and he went to church, and I wasn't going to the church. But so he said, "Look, if you ain't go to the church, at least stir the chitlins every fifteen cook minutes." My gr- so yeah, cook, cook, yeah. Stir, stir my chitlins. So I go in there the first time. I lift the pot up, the top off the pot, and there's this brown film just floating on top of it. Mm-hmm. I, I start. <laughs> I started creeping it off and throwing it in the sink, and I did that about eight times. And he came back from church. And they were done, and I, I, I'd gotten into it, and I'd been thinking about my ancestors, and I started clowning myself, saying, who are you, Negro? And I didn't say Negro. I said, who are you, nigga, to even think you get to uh, be bougie about eating some chitlins? Even though you haven't right. eaten any, right. you might as well go eat some, right? Right. So, right. so, so I said, you know what? I'm going to eat some. Everybody was all surprised that I was going to go ahead and do it. And I, then he said, he said, uh, you want some hot sauce? I said, no. My ancestors might not have had no hot sauce. Man, right? it's about the hot sauce. It's about the hot sauce. What do you think? So then we went over to Tony Daniel Comedian's house, and his his woman, mm-hmm. I told her that story, and she said, uh, at first, when I was telling the story, she said, you ain't had no chitlins. She said, what kind of northern Negro are you, right? And then when I told her that I ate the hot sauce, I mean, I ate the uh, chitlins without hot sauce, she just went, nigga, you crazy. So I went from, mm. you know, corny, you know, to... To the wildest, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. by just not, by just they saying, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and eat this without, without, uh, you know. And then Mookie yeah, was telling man. me, Mr. Mookie was telling me that the, the key to chitlins is to make sure you wash them, right? And I was like, well, and he bought them out of a bucket, and I was like, well, how well, do you they even triple, know? They're triple washed before you buy them nowadays, and then triple you wash. wash them again. Triple wash. Okay, but yeah. but you're washing out an intestine, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna copy hey, you man. now. You have to what? understand, there's not enough pop olive in the world. <laughs> Look, just about everything you you consume has some shit in it, so you can't really go that far. But what I'm saying is, it's I mean, one thing. If, if some type ahead, of shit. There could you know, be right, bug there, shit. It's one thing. There could be one thing to you know eat I mean? something. Yeah, it might. Don't be on speaker, Tony. If there's one thing to uh, eat some, okay, good. There's one thing to uh, eat something that might have some shit in it, and there's another thing to uh, to uh, call delicacy a shit tunnel. (laughs) 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 You know, tunnel shit. It's the tunnel. It's you know what I mean. It's it's a tunnel. It's don't get wrong. It's not an everyday. It's not a, it's, it's, You're acting like we do it every day. No, it's the once a year with the, with so, the uh, black eyed peas for good luck for the year. And obviously it don't work. 
with it in this in this day is in this day and age where we're not fed uh, garbage and we get to choose what we're going to eat mm-hmm. for the most part out right. here. Who would want to eat some inside-out asshole? Like, <laughs> it's just tradition. I don't even understand that. It would believe me. It won't go past a certain point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, okay, yeah. Once grandma, once grandma, uh, once, once grandma's gone, it's going to stop. But I'm just saying it's a tradition. You're right. Grandma got the recipe. Grandma got the recipe. Yes. Like, voodoo, <laughs> it's a voodoo tradition. Oh, we voodoo. Got grandma. No, no, no. Hey, hey. I was thinking here. Here, I'm going to go Red Fox on you, Tony. I'm going to go Red Fox on you, Tony. You might think it's a voodoo tradition, but it's really a doo-doo tradition. <laughs> 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 You got me with that one, yo. <laughs> uh, hey, when you go back home for New Year's Eve, uh, tell the niggas home. I said that too. I know you will. I know you will. Yeah. Matter of <laughs> fact, we need to make a song out of that for, for the holidays. Yes. It's, yes. It's the, for, for New Year's. New tradition in your kitchen, <laughs> inside yes. ass on your plate. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm telling you, not. it would sell out. Oh yeah, I told you, I told you, it's a big ass on your plate. All platinum selling albums has to do with a holiday or a day of the week or a city. Can I just say that as a white woman from Washington, I'm getting a fucking education right now. Like you are, you are. This explains to me why for years I was easily seduced by like shrimp grits. You know, like if you don't grow up knowing what stuff is, you don't know. And I never knew until this moment that shitlins were assholes. So yes, big intestines. Yes. Yeah. How about big intestines? My father told me. My father told me he don't eat. He stopped eating shrimp when he heard that when they find dead bodies, shrimp be eating on them in the water. Same thing with crabs, lobster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I guess like like the, the real thing is the uh, sea. <laughs> they're, the, the, they're more like the vacuum cleaner of the sea. Mm. Ah, I mean, okay. people say yeah. roaches, and I was like, eh. Yeah, you're right. The vacuum and the pill bugs are are shrimp. Cockroaches uh-huh. are just nasty. <laughs> this nasty. is Science Monday on your fault for listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's our first topic. Uh, how does that feel? How does that feel? Your your first little introduction to Blog Talk Radio, uh, Big Funny and Friends. Your fault for listening. Science Monday. I just had the Big Funny and Friends <laughs> today. Uh, we uh, we also got. No, uh, bro. I hate you, man. I'm not your friend. I'm just on here so I don't get fined. <laughs> okay. Travis, I did want to speak to a point that you made though when you had said that like it's because white people don't want to pay white people. Um Right. Like there's there's still evidence of that, like right now, like in, in the whitest state. Uh Washington. they don't want to pay their women. Wait, 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 Tony. No, 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 no. I mean uh 
I grew up in an agricultural area, right? I grew up in Wenatchee, Washington, and that place is known as the apple capital of the world. Uh, it's also advertised on the border uh, that you and your friends can come here and make a bunch of money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's white, it's white landowners that ship illegal peoples, as they would like to call them, to this country, still to this day, right mm-hmm. now. Like yesterday, uh, oh, yeah. and work them until coal. And what coal is is where they finally, like all of these workers, have piled up boxes and huge boxes worth of apples, and those apples leave the orchard. Those mm-hmm. workers never get to see those apples again. It would be like their word against the company or the orchardist how many of those apples were viable or not. So that is coal. Yeah. And coal doesn't even get counted until it reaches the the packing sheds. Well, think so about a lot this. of times these white If you had a place where you had a bunch of people that were illegal, well, past their working undocumented people, people. Uh, yeah. they will they will yeah. keep them. No, even if they came no, up on actual work visas, these landowners will keep them past that. Who is that? Somebody has the. Somebody has an echo. I got ear headphones on, so it's not me. I got and headphones I don't, on. on as well. But I don't have on. Um, I don't have open the the episode anywhere. Like I can turn it on right quick to see what we sound like. Um, but I don't actually have us on right now. Uh, all I was going to say was, you know. Okay, so whatever that was is gone. So we're okay. So, um, but what I was going to say, what you were saying was. What about like when like the whoever it is that goes and raids a place that has these undocumented workers employed? I wonder what percentage of the time they raid those oh, places right before they dirty. pay those people. No, it's fucking dirty white people shit. They call fucking immigration was what it used to be called. Now it's ICE. Yeah. But back like you know back in the day it was so they don't have to pay them. Like. Uh, so they don't have to it. fucking pay them. It's the goddamn landowners and the orchardists that half the time call in fucking immigration on their own goddamn workers. Why? Because they don't wow. want to pay a fair fucking wage to people. I saw that shit my whole I didn't whole even think childhood. of it like that. Like, That's that is the age motherfucking slavery that happens in our yeah. country right fucking now. Less than 200 miles away from Seattle, the, like, you know super progressive city in the nation. Like, this shit exists in our state. So, yeah. uh, it's wow. a true statement. See, White people don't want to pay for nothing. We'll just take right. it. Right, but exactly. think about the people who uh, who are, like, rich, who buy expensive clothes, but then shortchange the people who wash their clothes or, or take care of their kids or... Do you understand? No, no, no. Do you understand that their woman is in the house taking care of the kids and stuff like that? She got to ask for money from him, and he goes buy her something. I'll buy you something nice. Cheap-ass motherfuckers won't even pay his own wife or his, his uh, any female, obviously, because even the white women can't get a fair shake in money. Oh, don't even get me started on home math. That was my thing. <laughs> home, home, home math is expensive, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been a home math for, 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 for 18 years, and that shit costs. 
<laughs> so, but, but what about the what, 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 think about the people who? Uh, um, no, no, I, I think we should go back to the the uh, undocumented workers and how. Uh, look, if the person who hired all these people, so this is like the same thing over and over again, right? So, like the people who are white and racist and mad. You buy their uh, fucking apples every day, bro. It's Demelt. It's fucking Dole. It's like all these huge mega corporations that are huge umbrellas for small-time orchardists that are rotten to their people. Wow. I promise you. Like, we all play a part in it. We buy their products. I don't oh, oh, right. apples. I'm the goddamn Bubba Gump of apples. I've had apple fritter. I've had apple pie. I've had apple toast. Like, I've had all. Oh, no. Dirty. This is it's America. like sealed germs and wax. Right. Apple gumbo, apple chitlins. <laughs> I've had apple flour. Like you can make like flour out of apples and that's why I'm like, oh, so it's a sweet potato. That's gross. But the the treatment of of workers everywhere, I imagine, in rural communities is just <laughs> It's monstrous, and, like, as a kid that was in and out of Pickers housing, growing up, I can tell you that these people are, like, uh, offered a dream life and then given, like, small shacks with no electricity. And, like, they're you know, using irrigation water. And I'll tell you something else that irritated yeah. me. This is a couple of years ago. Uh, a father's friend, uh, I saw her somewhere, and we started talking for a little while, and then she started complaining about the people who used to come and pick the apples and leave Wenatchee and then you know and, and then now they're just staying around now and I'm like you you're liberal. Well you, right. What, I, what I, do I thought you were progressive you, you want somebody stuck to with no money up. and your whole family's been brought up from another country because you were promised that the more apples you could pick, which meant your woman, your children, your grandma, everybody is out in that orchard doing that. That was what you were promised. The more apples you pick, the more we will pay you. You can make, you can make your whole year's wages just coming up to Washington. The American dream is packaged as bullshit and sold abroad. And what it has always meant, fucking slavery. Mm. You, have to be a, you have to be asleep to, to experience the American dream. <laughs> George Carlin. I mean, yep, exactly. yes, it's absolutely true. And what's unfortunate is that poor white people are too stupid to figure that out. <laughs> well, but isn't it really? But isn't it really that they just want to be the tricker? And so, I mean, some they, of it really is that they're stupid, Travis. If you listen to some white people, they'll be all like, "Oh, well, they send all their money to Mexico, and then they go shop at Walmart." Like right. one cent of every dollar that you spend at Walmart stays in this fucking country, bro. Like, mm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's not like a universal. <laughs> Uh, economic thought process that immigrants are like taking over our economics or leaning off of us. This is an old white supremacist ideal that like, any like minority is taxing like our white wealth. You're right. It's more like even like a blue blood type of thing because basically, once again, over and over again, we say this on 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 all the shows I'm ever on. Like Dick Gregory said, when I say white, I mean rich. And when I say rich, I only mean the people that can wake up in the morning, call the stock market, and make it go up or down if they feel like it. Everybody's playing inside their game, right? So if you're that rich that you can make stock market bounce, then you got that way by 
not paying people. I mean, there's no other way to gain that kind of wealth than not paying people, right? I mean, unless you are the genius that came up with some particular product that everybody has to have, you know, that no one had before, like uh, like Whiteout, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? That's a product that or everybody black, had to have. Blackout. With ready. Or Blackout, right? what they had in Texas last week. Yeah. <laughs> a Blackout. Yeah, they had a Blackout, all right. Yes. And it was white. <laughs> no, I, you know, that right there, but that was rich people again. That was uh, mm-hmm. somebody who had um, some type of stock market thing that, well, when when X happens, then I get more money, and and a bunch of snowflakes happen, and and uh, it was set up to to do that, right? Where um, so oh, when you st- okay, we got another caller here six four five. If you want to be on the line, press one on your phone, and we I will include you in the conversation. This is your fault for listening. Science Monday. If this then that, or if this, then what? Whole math and why white people are mad, part one. I'm opening up 646 right now. Hold on a second. I would have been quicker with that if I didn't have the microphone in my hand. 646, your line is open. Hey, Travis, it's Carmella. Hey, this is Carmella. Carmella, Jen is on the line from the past. Carmella and Jen both were on at least 100 episodes of Funny to the Moon. Uh, that's hey, Tony Carmella. Zamboni. Uh, hey, Jen. What's up? And, Hello. Uh, he's here. And, and Lydia is uh, is our uh, current, uh, our replacement for Tina. How about that? Uh, until he returns from wherever he is. Okay. So, uh, I know that's a lot of pressure, but don't don't worry about it. Um, I mean, I'm all uh, four nine, and that's some big shoes right there. So let's be careful. Four nine. You know what? Yeah, that's a bro, good title for nine. a book right there. That's a good title for a oh, book. Geez. Almost four, almost four nine. That's a good Same title here. for a coffee table. Grab <laughs> <laughs> a coffee table. I'll be I'll be forty nine this year too. Really? Yeah. Okay, so check oh, this out, Jen. You were saying the age. I thought you were four feet nine. My bad. No, no, no. Um, I was I saying I am four feet nine. I am four feet nine, yeah, like yeah. legally, like yeah, identify. Yeah. Oh, so I'm oh, forty nine. <laughs> so my joke, my joke works. Perfect. Yeah, it did. Oh, no, no, she was laughing. Yeah, that she was, was laughing. Classic. Best I've heard. Oh yeah, she liked it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jen, uh, the, Jen, the person who's turning 49, here's a little tip in your preparation for the future. Uh, one of the coolest things as you get older, you have your 50th birthday, and then you have I'm 50 again, and then I'm 50 again, again, and then 50 for the third time, and then 50 for the fourth time, and then you double nickel. Hey. I'm taking these out because I just turned 44, so I have a few years until I have the 50th birthday umpteenth times, right? Right. No, no. Right now, you should be having 40th birthday parties until you're 50, because nobody want to come to a 47 party, because that'll make dads depressed. This Good. is funny that, to the moon that, on your podcast. <laughs> oh, please listen to y'all. Um, so, 
So uh, here, oh, here's uh, the last show we did. We did about Lady Gaga's dogs um, bu- uh, uh, dropping bombs, cross-eyed moms, and white people. You go on years about white people. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to do it. Remember, moms. Well, this year, so uh, a few years ago on Funny to the Moon, we decided that White History Week would be the last week of January before Black History Month. But this year, because of the insurrection and all of that, and just starting the show now, I think we should make March White History Month because white people make black people march. Perfect. And it's when the weather is up and down. So Women's History Month Women's History Month is March? Yeah. Yes. Okay, then, yeah. then, then oh, we're going to pick well. and I'm going to Red Fox. Uh, then we're going to have to pick July. <laughs> <laughs> July. I thought, no, wait, 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 wait. I thought, I thought White History Week was around um, Baldwin's birthday in August. Okay, we can do that too because remember, that's why we did it in the first place because James Baldwin in the uh, his uh, speech to the press club asked for, he said, a modest proposal, White History Week. The answer to these questions are not in me, they're in your history. <laughs> He's so, <laughs> such a beast. On our last episode of this, uh, Tony and I were talking to a guy who, like, uh, uh, he's like half white, half Mexican, and he's a rapper. I read my father's poem to him, which is like a, a minute twenty-eight. It's the one I read as Darth Vader to the uh, at the protest. Um, Jen, you didn't know about that, did you, Jen? Uh. Uh-uh. So, Jen, I, I'm just tell y'all this, then we go back to the real topics. Jen, I went and uh, I went down to the protest because a lady told me that. Um, in New York, at the protest for George Floyd, they had the Joker showed up, and in Philadelphia, really, yeah, and in Philadelphia, Batman showed up with smoke, and there was a skinny Spider-Man yeah. somewhere in the country, and so uh, Leah, uh, an artist friend, she said to me, uh, she told me that, and I'm like, well, you know what? Then Seattle's gonna get Vader, so I had what? her uh, put "I Can't Breathe" on the Vader mask with the teardrop on it, right? Uh-huh. And then uh, I went down to the protest with the, with the Vader music, bum, 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 bum. and then I grabbed a megaphone, and I'm dressed like Vader, and I just went, silence yourselves. And then I went, nearly 60 years past, King dreamed, free at last, yet and still against King's will, 400 years, and oceans of tears. We tilled your soil and picked your fields. We built your cars and milled the steel. We danced and sang, enriched your lives at every turn. We felt your knives. We fought in wars, defending rights. We were never given with all we've done to make things better. We're just barely living. Today, we leave the void of a black human being, George Floyd, whose fatal sin was his dark skin. Same old story again and again. His life taken by those sworn to protect and serve a travesty no family should expect nor deserve. With a lack of empathy and no hint of sympathy, Mr. Floyd's life was snuffed and taken in an evil blur as he cried for his mama and called his killers, sir. 
We must stay strong and get along to build a better land. If we remain divided and hate each other, our nation will our not nation. stand. <sighs> and I just walked the fuck away. Didn't say shit about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You started, uh, started reverbing there a little bit, though. I know. It sounded like somebody was washing dishes for a second, and then I thought they was cleaning the garage. I am washing dishes. You just you have to understand, people. This is this is the working class podcast. Uh, your fault for listening. People, people do work on this show. Who are you? Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't cook in a dirty kitchen. Making some apple pie or something. <laughs> I know. I know. Apple pie. Oh, no, 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 no. If you ever no apples. I made no a bull, I, I made, pie. listen, listen, <laughs> I made, I made Tony's booze pie. Booze pie. I make pie. apple booze and cherry booze pie. What is the booze? What is the booze? I usually whiskey. Cinnamon whiskey. Cinnamon whiskey. That sounds boozy. <laughs> I mean, it would sound boozy if there wasn't a thing called apple pie moonshine that, like, you know, is it's. It, I yeah. used that's where it started was J, uh, Jimmy Johnson's <laughs> apple, apple pie moonshine apple pie moonshine in Charlotte, so North Carolina. Don't get me twisted now. That's the bomb. But I'm on this side of the Ohio. River, oh, okay, wow. and I can't get that shit over here. I'm in the I'm yeah. in the moonshine land in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got plenty of family in Ten. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. is that what they call yeah, it there? I watch where, where, where I drive. Do, yeah, do they, where Jen, do they call it the Chapman Redmond? In Tennessee, do they All call over. it? Uh, do, 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 do they call it ten? I never heard that before. That's that was deep. Yeah, they call it depends. Can it keep? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just gotta when you when you're driving around, you just as soon as you hear the um, banjo music playing, you just gotta leave town. You know, just keep driving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They had nigga, you better not think about getting a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn straight. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, this is home I heard that. Uh, I heard that Missouri. I heard that Missouri was the only state in the United States. Hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, I heard that Missouri was the only state in the United States that did not have an indigenous person reservation. Wow. Because they either ran them all off or killed them all off, and I'm like, woo. They killed They ran them all up. They're to Oklahoma. That's why they all live in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Well, Oklahoma was the roundup spot from the Trail of Tears, you know? Like, Trail I was of all Tears, the Southern yeah. tribes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was They my, were, that, like, bound yeah, up, my, like, all the East Coast natives and from South. Yeah, that was my family. My yeah. grandmother was born in Clarksville, Texas. And then my mom was born in Oklahoma City. I got a whole bunch of family in Watonga, Oklahoma. Yeah, I got a bunch of job offers in Oklahoma, and everybody's all like, come move to Oklahoma. And I'm all like, ah, I don't know. 
Hey, well, you know, everybody, look, 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 the tornadoes have moved all over the country. It ain't just in Oklahoma no more. <laughs> yeah, I don't like bacon. When Port Orchard, you know, a tornado, shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, everywhere. No. Once there's another, I may, I may consider it if there's another Black Wall Street there, I may come. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, well speaking of that, is coming, people. Uh, Jen, we had a lady on, and Carmela and Lydia, we had a lady, Tony and I had a lady on the other day, and uh, she started telling us about how um, uh, that the Klan sends out a newsletter these days to uh, police officers uh, uh, that are in their group, and that they, when they, instead of saying nigga, they say Canadian. I'm not surprised. No, that's, no, that's the cold word now. That's the cold word. You know, in Philly, uh, the Proud Boys mixed in with the uh, police department, and the police department had a party with the Proud Boys the day Mike Pence came in the summer. And uh, they had these lovely memos that were going out and about their little party and how you know proud they were of uh, the proud boys coming through and and trying to scare off people and whatnot. But yeah, they had a big old party in North Philly, of all places. Hey Tony, mute yourself when hey. you're not talking. Number one, number two. What? Uh, okay, sorry. What? Uh, what are the Proud Boys proud about? Uh, what are they proud of? I, I, I don't even get it. They're not proud of themselves, that's for sure. But it's a shame. There's actually there's a bar. Uh, I don't think they've reopened you know, between COVID and the uh, windows getting snapped repeatedly. But the Proud Boys would set up in this bar to, like, indoctrinate people. And uh, the bar owner was quite proud of himself. He got called out publicly, repeatedly. Um, He's like, I'll bring in whoever I want. And then he started crying when his windows were getting smashed. And not a one of them proud boys stuck up for him. Well, you're talking about a group of cowards. So, of course, they But that's exactly what they are. Uh, you know, so I'm coming up with titles uh, for like upcoming episodes of uh, Your Fault for Listening. How about um, uh, 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 You Ain't White Enough Somewhere? Or, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> you, ain't, you, you ain't white enough on Wall Street. <laughs> there you go. You ain't white enough for Wall Street. You ain't white enough for Wall Street. They are not white enough for Wall Street. Uh, I mean, the only person that's ever called me the worst type of white was another white person. Really? So, and what did yeah. you say to them? <laughs> I mean, there was a plethora of things I ended up saying to them, Travis, because, of course, that wasn't the main point of the conversation. Um, but usually it's like the need to discredit uh, whatever white person, whatever Karen in the situation that I get called in like a bat signal for. Uh, when a white person discredits another's white person's claim to validate racism or to say that it's, you know, racism exists everywhere or to make all of these excuses. Like for me personally, that's my responsibility to call out. And so I have found uh, that there's no real arguing with these people. 
most of them, I would not say were radicalized. These people were bred in their homes for allowances of hatred and to have some sort of ideal that they are better than other people because they are white Americans. Right, right, right. One thing that I feel like pisses them off the most, which is I say, uh, may those you love be protected from your stupidity and may your grandchildren be brown and gay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, because you know you're right. Uh, maybe uh, somebody was telling me about how their brother was really racist, but then he got a mixed grandchild, and he loves that grandchild. And I was like, well, you know, he's trying. You know what I mean? And then the conversation went to like about how much he loved Limbo or something, and I was like, well, he he really is trying. Then you know. Um. <laughs> yeah, whole other type of trying. Sound yeah, like Mitt but, Romney. Yeah, <laughs> Mitt well, Romney was not standing for black people until his until his uh, with his daughter adopted a, a black child. Yeah, none, like, none, of that, black people. none of that. None of that even means that much. Means that much to me. I mean, slave owners had black children, so. <laughs> None and they that. sold them. I mean, it's, and they sold them. And they, they sold hung them, them, but they don't care. Yeah. They burned them alive. <laughs> so yeah, that, they that person may be looking at. So that person may be looking at his grandchild as like a little pet, not like a human. You know, who knows what they're thinking? You know, think about that. How about think that? About that? How about that? I know that they that? get offended by that ideal. Like it seems to really like ruffle the feathers of a lot of white people when I say that. And not a single one of them ever come back with, I do have a mixed uh, race, you know, child or grandchild. No, I never hear that when I say it. Uh, And, like, that's my hope is because I I acknowledge that, like, there's probably very little way that a white person can honestly, in a social setting, understand what it is like to be a person of color. We cannot really understand in a professional setting what it is like to be a person of color. Uh, (laughs) But what, what you can you understand can. is what it's like to be an earthling. And so because right. you know what it's like to be an earthling, then that is where empathy comes from. The empathy comes from wondering why is this other person here not being treated like an earthling? Like that would be like the story uh, of like, you don't have to tell it right now at all, but that's what, that's like the story of your son at the water park with, when he was there with the black yeah. woman. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lydia, yeah, Lydia's For their son, birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Lydia's son went with a black woman to a birthday party at uh with some black folks. Uh uh to to, to the water park uh, with, with the, the water slide. With the water slide. Uh, mm-hmm. She don't have to tell that story right now. Was that now, you reverting, Travis? No, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. They probably know who they are because it keeps coming and stopping and starting. And they could they, they can control themselves. Um so so um and so, oh, here, just, just so you know, Jen, uh, as I was telling you a story earlier about uh, how I met Lydia and what she does. And when I found out what she does, I thought it was so honorable that I actually went to her kid's birthday party as uh, uh, Darth Vader. Lydia like, threw like a, a food fight party for, for her child. <laughs> oh, cool. Right? I Where throw an like... annual food yeah. fight every year for my child because it's therapeutic to throw shit at your child. But it's illegal unless you make it celebratory. 
I didn't know that's why you, it's genius. No, that's I mean, it, there's a deeper no, meaning. He was failure to thrive, baby. He didn't want to eat. Uh, and he almost died when he was first born. And that's kind of been like a contention between he and I through most of his life. He's a picky eater, and I never thought I was going to be that mom with that kid. But I am. He's allergic to peanuts. He has asthma. He's that kid, you know? <laughs> but, no, go ahead. I mean, do you want to tell the water park story, Travis? I don't have it in my mind, Crispy, enough to – I would disrespect the story. But I would lose all the the details. You don't tell it right now at all. We can tell. We can save that sometime right. when you want to just record that story. So uh, let's talk about um, – Whole math, no. <laughs> Any other topic? Whole, whole, whole bath? You know, no, like whole, whole math. math or, uh, oh, 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 okay. Whole math. <laughs> well, no, look, look, very, very rarely do we have three uh, three women whose minds I respect, and I'm sure Carmela's sitting there right now wondering, what in the hell is whole math? <laughs> you know so, I so, am. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be quiet and let you take over for whole, with whole math. So lately I have consistently been put in situations where I had to evaluate how women currently feel empowered in life. And the finances in life kept coming about. And it came to like these two ideals, which was either robbing motherfuckers or sucking their dicks for cash, right? Like these were the two options that easily seemed to present themselves. Sometimes it was empowered this like take men for all their money. Sometimes it was this other thing where it was like, this is my support network, my man. He's my security. Uh, so when I say ho, I mean, it encompasses wife work too, right? Different pay grades. Uh, and that's part of the whole math that you're doing in your head consistently. Because even if you are a sex worker or you are not a sex worker as a woman, someone has definitely offered to pay you for sex. You have definitely thought at least once in your life about, like, is this the month that I have to take it to the chin to pay the fucking bills? Uh, and the different ways that we make decisions in life <laughs> that are very uh, numerical. Uh, women spend a lot of time in life finding security and money and stability uh, by their aesthetic, by uh, being purchased, Right. Vanity uh, is probably not the best term for it because I, I think that women have been taught time and time again their value is in their ability to be consumed, right? Uh, that, that made me nervous as a concept because I was like, why don't dudes do it then? Like, if that was a way to really acquire true wealth in life or to, like, get yourself up and out, why don't dudes sell their assholes all the time? So... The best home math I can do is that it is better to be rich than it is to be pretty. And dudes figured that out a long time ago, and that is complicated home math. So that's the basis of that topic for me. There's a lot of truth in that. A whole lot of truth in that. Um. Makes me nervous when I get a deadline like that, ladies. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm saying, you know, that's... that's well, I so damn sure it was like going to be a man jumping in first on a whole math. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, and the sad thing is I, you know... Oh, hello, back to the I'm, group. Down to washing dishes. Yeah, <laughs> I got to stop you on that. 
Um, you ever been to West Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not playing dudes out there doing exactly what you're talking about. Okay, there's okay. Now, that's a good point, Tony. That's a good point, Tony. And what I would say to that point <laughs> is, I did say, I did say when all the Me Too stuff started. When is the gay Weinstein stories going to pop up? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I started thinking about it, but I figured it out. It is really well, hard. It's really guys. hard wait, wait, for a man. Wait, wait, wait. wait, 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 wait. It's not just the gay one. It's not, not just gay. No, 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 no. But I'm saying. No, 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 no. I just want to throw the punchline out still. Listen to what he's saying. The punchline's coming here, and then y'all can tear it up. I said, it'd be hard for a man. In court documents or in a court case on the stand to say, and then he made me let him suck my dick. You know what I mean? That's, how do you do that? I mean, yeah. Uh, and and but but on yeah. the other hand, worse shit than that happens, right? So it ain't just like that. Like somebody might think a Catholic priest is just rubbing his stuff up against somebody while they're taking the sacrament, right? It's way worse and more sinister than that. And that is kind of so. Go back to your topic because I don't Damn want to your topic. Damn so it. So Damn please it. let the other ladies. Tony, you know, Tony, Tony, you I, know, you know, oh boy. Huh? Tony and I really should let the ladies continue talking about whole math for a few minutes. I mean, please. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, sorry. I mean, if I they just have wanted to get in. On it, like, I'm, I'm open for it. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand, but you were saying, like, why don't men do it? I was like, they are. I mean, men <laughs> do do it, was, but that's the, all uh, I was putting in. The percentage of male sex workers, even in the in the porn industry, is like a modicum. I mean, it is so fucking small of a percentage versus the availability so, uh, and the so, viability so, so is of some women for sale but... in this country. Yeah, you got to let her finish her whole point. Predominantly, you're right, men you're right. look, look, it's minuscule. Right, no matter right. what she... they're purchasing, they are the ones. Yeah, who are I feel it. And to add to your point, uh, right, there, uh, right. to add to your, add to uh, your point there, Lydia. Even the men who marry men for money, it is minuscule compared to the women who do that for a dude who just got right. uh, health care. Right. In the, in the, right. right. He's, right. He's, he's, he's just the one with the most money on the block or the area. You know what and I mean? And maybe so, she was just bad at math, you know, or maybe she was really good. Maybe she was in like Excel Ho calculus. You know, like I get it, but I or I call she it. Got the work and took all the money. <laughs> but also, think about this: sometimes a woman can be tricked by uh, included in that math is trigonometry. Tricking meaning he he just happened to tell her some sweet nothing that she ain't never heard from nobody else, and then huh. and. And and that's why she hooked up her caboose to uh, 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 a, a bank safe that ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? It ain't going to have nothing in it ever. You know what I mean? Cause it was, uh, 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 I'm sure in Hollywood there are people who got I mean, planned. I'm sure that. It's not even just about being rich, Travis. Like, there's women that do this know. thing where, like, they, they give a lot just to have basic necessity in life and they romanticize it and they play it up as a lot of different things, but it's their base security needs well, yeah. that have to come before their ability to be an equal in their partnerships. And like my thing to women is yeah. like, make your own money, girl, make your own motherfucking money. One like, of the coolest things a woman <laughs> ever said, thing, one of the coolest things I ever heard a woman say was she said that her, her father was like a womanizer, right? And, and she just watched this. And 
she decided that she was going to be the one to pick. She wasn't going to be chosen. She was going to be the one to pick. I thought, ooh. And then I thought that was really deep. And then I heard uh, this other older woman schooling a younger woman once about sugar daddy stuff. And she said, be careful, girl, because it's all fun and Danny till daddy wants some sugar. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then also, if daddy uh, owes somebody some money, uh, he might have to sell sugar. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, mm. dang. Really like Some woman needs to tell every woman that shit. You know what I mean? And that probably thing happens. But any, any way what happened, man, man, is so minuscule that it's like talking about men with uh, uh, calf implants versus uh, breast implants. It ain't really worth talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Um, we will come back to okay okay. and whole math. <laughs> I guess that, that it's over for whole math. Whole math. Let me let me say something on that. Um, I like there's a whole lot of truth to what was said because if you look at how, especially in uh, the U.S. and I would say you know in the 20th century, how they kind of you know especially with on the age of television and stuff, how they portrayed marriage is that the woman needed to do whatever to get her security from the man, and the security didn't came you know in the form of the man had a job with benefits, right? You know, yeah. he had a pension. He has this, he has that. So that should he pass, there's something for the woman to get at the end of it. You know? Oh, so damn. Women outlive men that. more, and that's, that, that's what you got to bet for? That's like, man, that's rough. Well, well, see, see, that's the whole thing. Okay, you're talking about the longevity of life. Okay. Longevity, see, part of the reason why the male takes on the harder role is because he takes on the role of taking all the stress of the family, the the harder part of the stress. And everybody here will go, wait a minute, I, I, and I say, yeah, I understand. Uh, some of them fail, okay? But a lot of that stress, um, I mean, just, just put it like this. Uh, you hear a sound in the house. Do you... Do you go, honey, I got this, and get up, or do you tap him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm men have to the door with my fucking are supposed to be, uh, you know, I mean, it, as far as the U.S. Hey, my, my guess is, is Lydia be at the door with a brick. Men are supposed to provide and protect, right? They're supposed to provide, protect. So, Tony. So maybe right in there you could say most men, you know, are, are expected to provide and protect. Now you might make some money, but that don't mean you can kick everybody's ass. Exactly. <laughs> you know. What I mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm coming. I'm, I'm trying to come with facts, not jokes. But yeah, we can go. But how about this? Then? But to go, to, like on what, uh, to go back to what Lydia was saying. So yeah, whole math yeah. might be no math. <laughs> And just somebody trying to get out of an unsecure situation to being with somebody who looks tough that might be able to protect them from what was already happening. Yeah, yes. you got to take that into consideration. Here, here, do it right. might just have been someone trying to see some, see someone with the muscles and think they protect them from the stuff in the yeah. home. Yeah. 
Yeah. Think about it. There are some women. How about this? There are some women who, or and men, or uh, or Uh mostly women, who could be in a situation at home where their mom is kicking their ass on the regular, and they got to get the fuck up Mm. out of there. How about that? Okay. Or or their dad is kicking everybody's ass, or um. Or brothers run run loose around the house. You know what I mean? Well, it could oh, be anything. Dude, where brothers are touching them. So there's right. ways to do that shit, and, too. Right. And she maybe has enough, uh, I don't know, for the family to not fuck up the family, but just going to try to get the fuck away from there. You know what I mean? Because she ain't got no, you know, uh, younger siblings. Who knows what it would be? Anything could happen. I mean, so maybe it's, maybe it's simpler than that. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's that conversation where you say, you know what, I don't really think it's okay that you talk to me like that. And they're like, well, I pay all the bills here, so I guess I get to talk to you how I want. Like and now life and life hits and you're in, stuck in home ass. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, because right there, the expectation that like dudes are gonna like take care of everything and be the tough ones. Um, you know what? It's funny I about feel that? like a lot of women weigh out what they're willing to give up for that, like what, right. what they're willing to give up for their safety and their security. Uh, right. And I think that's the type of equation that uh, I don't think men have to make very often. Oh, I, don't, I don't think men have to do. <laughs> I think home you, I think these days they do. I think these days they do. Like it'll be like. Uh, uh, if I give her some dick, can I sit here and play video games all day while she's at work? I mean, okay, so that's that's a little true. No, but Travis, Travis that's a, I've Travis, in my that's life. a hobosexual. Oh, damn. No, no, hobosexual. Hey, that shit is going on hard right now because it's tax time. There she said hobosexual. Oh, my goodness, Liddy, did you hear hobosexual? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, I understand you, I mean, you gained 50 is, pounds during okay. the pandemic, but you sex still sexy to me, baby. No, but think about this. Think when about the people who went pan- Think about people when the pandemic started. Uh, they were in between uh, spots, stuck in limbo mm. as a hobosexual. Mm. You know, like, uh, like, uh, Ty Bar- like comedian Ty yeah, Barnett said, bar- like comed- comedian Ty Barnett said, he said, I... I, I I can't buy a house with a big dick, but I can stay in one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let me jacked up. Somebody decided to burn a bridge just like two days before the pandemic. And yeah. he kicked you out. I got all your shit sitting on the pool. Oh, 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 oh. You want me to work hard all day? You play video games all day? You go fuck somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the pandemic come and nobody they like nigga you bit you ain't got no mask on you ain't coming in my house. See, my see but the problem is hobo math, hobo math ain't as really good as ho math because hobo no. math, hobo can be can be turned out at any time. Like it can just be bye. It can be quick. It can be you know a couple yeah, nights. Yeah. Okay. So right. I have to interject at this right, point, and I'm sorry for any man that feels objectified in this statement. But as a woman who has hustled weed for a living for the past fucking ten Boom. years, I can absolutely tell you that those motherfuckers better be slinging some grade A motherfucking dick to play video games on my couch. There are a million motherfuckers with grade A dick that want to smoke my weed and eat my pussy. So you actually have to respect me too, which thins the crowd a little bit more. Like you gotta have some manners and shit. You know? 
Right. Again, right. You know what? You know what? You know what? You're right. You're saying this. Go. You go. You're saying that dick don't equal room and board. You better be washing, drying, and putting them away. You better, I'm you better not be. grateful. I'm not grateful for dick. Boys have been trying to sling it at me, and I've been shucking it since I was a kid. Like, I mean. Yeah. Shucking <laughs> it. Uh, and men like figured home. out how to make women superfluous as long as they could purchase what they wanted. So I was like, oh, that's the equation. You just got to be the one to have the money, and it, you, get to, you get to set the game. You get to say how you get treated in life. You've been watching uh, claws and shit, haven't hey, you? <laughs> no, I don't. I've been living claws. I've been living claws up in this motherfucker. Claws is a show. Wait, 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 Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. Claw, no, she said, "What is claws?" We go immediately go right and explain what claws is. Claws is a show <laughs> I haven't watched, but I but I watched the uh, 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 trailer for it, so I'm gonna guess it is. Uh, Shit talking women in a nail salon making money, mixing with drugs and shit, and one of them knows karate. Hey, all that. Yeah. Really? I just get uh, some karate. No, no. They just, just boss up. They just boss up and took over. I mean, that first I also they was just, residential just, painting just, and turnover for a living, so my nails aren't that great. So I don't know if it's applicable. Uh, like. Yeah. You know? But, I'm just, but it, but, I'm but, just but, saying, but, 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 I'm talking Where about the boss like, part about it. I had nothing to do hey, with Tony, that. Tony, 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 Tony. I don't, I don't know if you can hear her when she's talking or not. Okay. Okay. But, okay. but, but, uh, you gotta, uh, but, uh, let her talk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You gotta let her just go. <laughs> shit. And I don't mean let. I'm saying what I'm saying is here. You didn't. I, I explained it to you at the beginning of this. Lydia is the baddest motherfucker on the on the show right now, including myself. Okay. Damn it. And what I mean by that is this. Okay. What I mean by that is this. Uh, Tony, when I first met her, I was taking her and two mm-hmm. of her friends to a, a old comedy open mic, and I'd never met her before. Uh-huh. And and, uh, and Leah yeah. just said, "Hey, uh, Lydia wants to come with us. Da, 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 da. She wants to try try comedy." And I said, "Okay, cool." So we go pick her up, uh-huh. and, and uh, we're in the car driving to from Seattle to like Renton, and we were passing downtown uh-huh. Seattle, and she she just out of the blue in the black said, "I hate white people." And I'm like, who is this motherfucker mm. here? I like this motherfucker already. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And right. then, <laughs> right. And then we talk, talk, talk. And then um, she does cannabis hospice. Mm. Okay, so like somebody's dying and they don't want pharmaceuticals and they don't want to like fade away, you know, in and out with pharmaceuticals and shit. They want to, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. Travis, that use pharmaceuticals too, but it's definitely an aid in cancer treatment and uh, later life yeah. therapies. So, yeah. Well, yeah. But, so, and so when she said that, and you know, that's, you know, that's being like a, like a death doula, right. But with cannabis and not, and right. changing people's stuff and being there when they're at their, you know, loneliest, I just said to her, I'll, I'll do anything you need. I'm your hook. Ah. Right? And, and then she was talking about how she throws her kid, um, a, uh, a food fight birthday party every year. And, yeah. um, yeah, we, she I said that. You. When she said that, I said, well, then I, I, I'm going to be Darth Vader at the party. I went over there, and I didn't know it was going to be a food fight for, like, 15 minutes straight. Like, those kids, like, jacked me up. Wow. With, 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 they tore they me up with, like, uh, with like colored, uh, colored oats and colored potatoes, mashed potatoes and pies. And... That would have been so have much fun. Have y'all ever seen Hook, the movie Hook with Robin Williams yeah. back in the day? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a yeah. food yeah. fight yeah. in Back that. in the day, yeah. 
Yeah, that I was like, I want to recreate this, and I did. So I color mashed potatoes and cream pies and, like, spaghetti and jello, and, like, it's disgusting. It, it's so gross. But now my kid's turning 14, so on top of that, I think I have to start adding, like, foam machines, DJs, and strippers or something. Uh, but oh, it'll forever be a food fight, you know, as soon as the COVID wow. thing. Right, yeah, yeah, correct. Right. Right, yeah. It, the COVID thing messes up everything. Slime, but I, so I went like over there. Double bear, like back in the day. <laughs> yeah, like that. But Jen, it was like 15 minutes straight. I'll have to put some of the. I'll change some of the pictures of this episode to the food fight, so that people can know. I mean, it was just wild. Like, uh, it was it was one of the coolest things I have ever seen uh, a mother do for a child. And then when you know that she did it every year, and every year they took it up a notch. And so, so the last one, she really had a DJ. The last one I was at, it had a DJ and when you're washing dishes again in our ear, mute yourself. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Just mute yourself. That's all you got to do. Um, all right. I, I, <laughs> you have to understand people come on the show, and this show's a long show. We, we, we go and go I'm and go. I'm trying to make the ghetto pretty. For the family. Right, go ahead, Libby. Uh, so anyway, so it's, back to whole math. I'm just enjoying uh, hearing him have domestication skills. It's refreshing. Thank you. Okay, so there you go. So you're saying that if somebody Apparently wants to be a homosexual cleaning in is your my world, ASMR. ASMR. What is ASMR? <laughs> Basic life skills. <laughs> oh, okay. Sad. I know what that could be. <laughs> that, um... It's so sad when uh, people think, oh, wow, they take care of the kids. They wash dishes. They do laundry. Those are basic life skills. <laughs> you don't even understand how many times I've heard dudes slip up and be like, I got to babysit my kids. And I'm like, bro, you're not babysitting your, your kids. Parent your kids. Like, parent your own kids. <laughs> Teach them something. Play Una with them. Teach them how to do math. You know, now, I found that when I babysat people's kids, and uh, they were like, um, they were like, um, damn, and uh, and uh, you know, it, in that age know, where they don't know math where yet, they don't know math yet. One of the things that can uh, one of give the them the uh, desire to play math. Why do I have an echo? Um, they have the give them the desire to play math is to uh, play Uno, and then when they see you counting your score, they want to know how to count their own score. I did that as a kid. You said what? I did that with, I did that as a kid. I would count, and I, when I first played, I would watch how people counted scores, like in that and Scrabble and whatever. Monopoly. Games that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I started watching count, no. and I, I, I wanted to figure out how these scores were racked up. That's how I got into that. <laughs> so you actually, uh, Monopoly, Monopoly, actually, Actually, is the game created by I don't know the woman's name, but she created the show that capitalism does not work. How about that? Yep. Yep. All right. So, all right. So, okay. I think we've done now an hour now, and four uh, minutes. An hour. And so, my question and is: so my uh, question is uh, Why are white yeah. people part? Ma- uh, sorry. Why are? My, here we try this again. Your fault for listening. Science Monday. Next topic. Why are white people mad? Part one. Why are white people mad? Anybody? 
<laughs> is that a is that a they ain't got no reason to be mad? Is <laughs> collectively, I wanna I wanna let anybody chime in before the white like before the white lady talks about why white people are afraid. No 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 no. Why are they mad? You know, I, are you are you mixing up afraid or mad? The ones with money uh, or the ones without? <laughs> well. My answer is that white people aren't actually angry. They are afraid. Those proud boys, all these white supremacists being raised in white supremacy, it it comes down to white fear. And the white fear is that eventually white people are going to be a minority. And they're going to be treated. They are. (laughs) Like we have treated other fucking people. It is because of our own inhumanity to others that we are afraid. And so when when the when the, the topic of like well. what we as white people have done to other people of color, white people mm-hmm. get real defensive, especially generationally. They like to be like, No, that wasn't me. I didn't own slaves. And how do these other but people even know from that it? they're descendants of slaves? Work. But you that's, benefit from it. That's real white people <laughs> shit I hear in white circles because I'm white. And white people will let that shit slip to another white person in a way that in social diversity, they would never speak. Yeah. Can I explain a little bit? Can I go over there? Go. Can, yeah. I go there? Can I go there? All right. Yep. So it's all about the. You, I, I, I told you a story about the black people. It was a whole bunch of black people. And then they had some, there was some albinos, okay? Considered them Irish because it's pretty close. The redhead, light skin, albino. All right. They went ahead and separated, and that's how white people was created. All right. Okay. So those people are the fear white people have is that they were totally wrong. And they just misconstrued someone saying something to them, and then now look at them. You know what I'm saying? They bombing people and taking over, and I'll leave the world. And, and and it's like, dude, you guys are like two. Everybody else is like ten, and we just being nice. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Everybody, we just being nice. Because y'all are tripping, and we're trying to let y'all calm down. <laughs> that's, 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 I, I that's really don't think they're, I don't really think they're, they're afraid. I think they're just greedy. So you think that, so wait, wait, wait. So are you saying that you think that maybe the greedy people are using the fear of the, of, 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 of the afraid no, people? The, the greedy people... The greedy people are the ones that are the puppet masters that stir up the fear right. of, 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 of like, oh, this, your brown neighbor is going to take everything from you. Your brown neighbor is going to oh, going to hook up with your daughters, things like that. So then we you go know, back to the build the No, no, let her finish. Let her finish, Tony. Let her finish, Tony. Okay. Mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, the greedy ones are collecting the money. You know, they're collecting the fees for, you know, the Aryan Nation and uh, the Proud Boys. They're collecting the fees for their political interests. They're collecting the fees the NRA people, the, for the, the church. political folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's, it's, 
I think they're just greedy. I think they're greedy. I, and the ones that the ones that are afraid are the ones without the money, and the ones without the power. But well, yeah, but think about it though. You got to have some money to do an insurrection. You got to be able to fly across the country or drive across mm. the country. That takes money and time, mm. and and who has a right. job for the whole year? And well, so I think that's and, exactly. Well, you ain't got no money. Carmela, Carmela, go, Carmela in New York. I, I, I think that's the point that's being made is that the greed is power, and those folks are the ones that are taking the money and orchestrating things like the insurrection. Like as much as they orchestrated a lot of travesties that have happened just in this country alone, they also use that money for marketing for their propaganda, which goes out through the through OAN, through you know idiots like Alex Jones, the Proud Boys, what have you, to instill fear in those white folks who don't have money. Right, people like that. And, and so what happens exactly. is they have the same type of fear. So the same thing, like a black preacher or uh, mm. some of these, uh, like I, I saw a thing where somebody, uh, 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 Lane Brown, was correcting some error. Like some black folks were saying that the Mexicans were, were, were taking our jobs. And she just said, uh, uh, when was the last time you had a job? What job? You and Pookie been sitting on the couch since the eighties. She said. She said. She said. How are you gonna be? She said they're getting jobs nobody wants. Right. She said, "How are you gonna be uh, uh, mad because Massa don't like you no more?" She said, "I am not gonna be arguing or fighting a Mexican over a piece of chicken, <laughs> a piece, right. of, you know, a tiny piece of uh, something, a job I didn't want in the first place that would see the human I love right. California." <laughs> exactly. I'm not right. fighting no yeah. Mexican over a piece of chicken. But, so, but the greedy so, ones so one, are the ones that yeah. stir up that that argument. They're the ones who market that. Right. They're the ones who like, hey, if you don't want if you don't want that that Mexican person to take your piece of chicken or to take right. your moonshine or to take your right. flag or burn your flag, pay into this process right. where I can help market and. I'll gain. I'll be your governor. I'll be your mayor. You know, and I'll I'll give you power. And uh, I mean, it, it even comes down to like this, this argument over like this uh, raising the minimum wage. There's a lot of poor mm-hmm. white people that don't want the minimum wage raised because they don't want brown it's people like, to get. Why? The, they don't want brown people. To exactly. Get Tony, when she's talking, <laughs> Tony, when you talk over her, it covers her up True. completely. I'm sorry. Can you turn me down at all? Or? No, I I'm can't just... turn you down, but just mute yourself <laughs> when she's talking and then cover it up completely. But you're right. But So that's part of it. But they're just... I'm uh, co-signing look, they've been, they've been. I know you are, but you got... But it's... Um, when um, there's five people on the line, um, you got to just either laugh. It's hard to co-sign with more than just co-signing in between their breasts like a rapper would when when the, the the lead rapper is taking a breath. You know, it's like two words. Like 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 like, like when I did uh, when I said to her, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I said like two things, right, real quick. But it was like in a breath. Okay. But anyway, we're, this is really good. I mean, really enjoying this. I think this is a excellent uh, first Science Monday show so far because it is the science of they're so unscientific they can't see. That, uh, as George Carlin would say, the American dream, uh, you have to be asleep to believe it, right? So they are so, so somehow they mix in their hatred of brown people, right? Their hatred of foreigners, 
their uh, religious zealotry uh, to be anti-abortion, their uh, love of guns, which feeds, uh, which part of their fear, the fear stuff, and then you add in homeschooling, okay, and uh, there ain't no way even to talk to some of these folks because you say certain words and they've already been taught that those are trigger words to know not to listen to that person at all. Right. So, um, I, uh, I'm on, on, um, one of the first interviews we, we got here on your fault for listening is I interviewed Rick Overton. Uh, he's, uh, and he, I asked him, um, he's Rick Overton was best friends with Robin Williams. He was in uh, Beverly Hills cop, uh, groundhog's day, uh, willow. Uh, he was on the showtime show, uh, uh, I'm dying up here, which is about comedians in the 80s. And I asked him, the first question I asked him was, um, what's the difference between white privilege and white supremacy? And he said, I, I guess it's in the application, there are fair-minded people and there are pharaoh-minded people. And the pharaoh-minded person will do anything to could continue their addiction to comfort. They'll create armies. Uh, they'll create talk radio stations. You know, I'm just adding that right now is what we're talking about, to um, create – um, and create borders and, and armies and and uh, uh, uninformed persons to uh, carry their water. And then I asked him, how are people uh, who uh, how are people how are people who think they're white weaponized against peaceful protesters? And he said, well, what do you bet they were homeschooled? He said, uh, it might be okay to be homeschooled, right? If your parents are good. But if not, you got a dictator information creating a violence bot. Yeah, then when they go, yeah, then when they then then when they get picked up, they're taken out for like Burger King or whatever, you know. Exactly. You know, but things. Yeah, that was a violence bot. Yeah, ain't that deep? Do you like the addiction to comfort analogy as well? Fair-minded people and pharaoh-minded people. Yeah. 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 Okay, so all so I, that's all I got to say. I don't know. I, like I said, all I got to say is that um, some of the first Romans was black in the first place, and they created a lot of the system that everybody rolls on. And I still come back to the same thing. How awful were we? <laughs> they were black. Okay, so look. Um, yeah. Well, well, maybe if some of these white people today knew that, then maybe they would uh, uh, stop doing it. <laughs> they knew they were following along. If you, some, some, well, see, that's the whole thing. Brown. That's the whole thing. My, my wife tells me time and time again how if I go to Europe, all the statues are bronze or not white of Jesus, Mary, any of that, um, that – Everything, all the Bibles and stuff like that over there are bronze and stuff like that. They have nothing has the American version of the shit. <laughs> it all is the original version in Europe. So if you get a chance to go to Europe and see some of those true cults, that might help. Well, I think it depends on where. I've been to Europe, and I can tell you, I see plenty of white uh, depictions of Jesus and folks, but I think what you were talking about in terms of Black Romans were the Etruscans, um, and yes, some systems that are in place are based on some of the things that came from the Romans as well as the Greeks and such. Um, mm. But yeah, don't, don't say of, it's all European. 
a lot of these Europeans are worshiping white Jesus <laughs> and other and other idols um, that are depicting well, you know fair skin and. I said it's been changed like everything's been changed. What are you talking about? about? Continue, Carmela. Continue, Carmela. I'm sorry. But I I think I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think we need to be clear that it's not like you go to Europe and all this stuff is what we're not. It's it's not like that. You know, we have to remind ourselves that the. the other, I want a word other stronger than colonializing America, uh, where was coming from white folks in Europe, bringing that shit over here to eradicate indigenous people and then to use black and brown people as commodities. Um, so let's not give Europe so much credit, you know, because that's not the fact. I wasn't saying I wasn't saying that I was giving them credit. I'm saying that the original Europe was just a parcel of Africa that broke off, contained some of the the strongest black leaders, and educated people, um, uh, uh, like the Romans and stuff like that. Before what you see as what. America has placed it as the Greeks and the Romans and stuff like that. The original, original. Okay. We're African just like you and it. <laughs> or not. But I'm just saying that, that I'm not, I'm not saying that they started doing the radical stuff that is coming about now. Okay. Like I said, it, the, the Roman Catholic church <laughs> has all the information, and then they run stuff. Okay. Tony, I, Tony, Tony, were, I'm going to make you listen to this shit later on, okay? Because, um, <laughs> uh, let me see how to say this. Um, uh, when she said the Tuscans or whatever the name of the people. Yeah, Truscans. Truscans, see. Okay, good. all right. So I had never heard of that. I wanted to hear about the Truscans. But um, I don't know how any of this is helping us. Uh, talking about black people uh, originated whatever, but you know we're 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 uh, seven hundred years from that, nine hundred years from that, thousand, two thousand, twenty five hundred years from that. Uh, why are white people mad today? Because they ain't mad uh, because some uh, African did something twenty five hundred years ago. They're mad because of what they were taught in their lifetime. They were they're mad because they bought into revisionist history. They were made to buy into revisionist history because okay, so, a lot of so now you're agreeing with Tony. Money. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm saying there is such a thing as revisionist history. I mean, this is what we yeah. we were taught in school through revisionist history. History, you don't have to agree with shit. It's history. <laughs> What I'm saying is that, you know, the stories that we are told, especially in schools or in our churches or whatever, they have been, it's like a game of telephone, right? I tell, I start the message, and by the time it gets to the thousandth person, the message doesn't match. 
Right. That's why you're we right. Like, you're right. You're right. You know, that's a very that good analogy, Carmela. That's a very good yeah. analogy, right? So the Bible starts out with whoever the people that are in this book and whatever this book says. And by the time King James gets a virgin, a virgin, King right. James get, uh, virgin. makes a virgin. Gets a virgin. Yeah, that's pretty close. And then the goodwill version of the Bible, and you, you you go on down, and then whatever happened at the whatever meeting they had in 1541 that Robert Greene Ingersoll talks about. And then today, you got it to where they've changed the word slave to servant, and they've taken... Oh. So in the Bible, uh, when you look at like the old, old, old version of it, um, the word unicorn is in there nine times, and the word dragon is in there uh, 18 times. Okay? So somebody might say, well, you know, unicorn was really some kind of goat. so that, But they can't explain dragon away like that. Right? Because your book got dragons. Hold on. They took out dragons, and they left virgin birth. Yes, exactly. They left. They left hiking on water in there. Huh? Right. They left a lot I mean, of things in there. Dragons they, they left, are way they, cooler. They, they 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 took the dragons okay. out. They they left in the virgin birth. They left in the part where if you are uh, a slave, you got to stay being a slave, or there's reasons and rules to slavery. You know that that include uh, blaming the slave. Yeah, they got rules yes. to rape and women. Blame the rape. They left in all the They left in all everything that you read. Everything that you read about Tony, slavery. Tony Jen is talking. Let me. Let me. Let me. Oh, they left in all the things that that breed greed and power. You know, and and uh, ways to. Um, I mean, basically turning it into an instruction man uh, manual on how to. Um, overpower people, how to colonize people, you know, how to use people, how to kill people, you know. And, so. the, and the validity for it or reasoning for it or uh, excuse for it or justification for it or uh, uh, glory even for it. Right. And it all ties to money and power. You know, like um, they, nothing, nothing broke the black community more than slavery, but at the same time, how did how did we continue to be enslaved to this day? Because of that book, it was beat into us. We were told. Well, we can told, I say something? Go for it. Well, well, sure. wait till she finishes. You were told what? Um, you were told what, Jen? No, we were we were we were given we were given that book. We were told right. that the master was supposed to be collecting his riches on earth and in heaven, and then we're supposed to be in heaven being enslaved by them. Yeah. <laughs> but still. we're in heaven, right? Still, still. You know, don't yeah. don't look for your riches on land on earth. You know, store up your treasures in heaven. You know, when you die, that's when you're that's when you're rewarded. And many of well, our folks still feel this way. Well, think about during slavery times. Like uh, slavery went on for 250 years or so, whatever the number is. But if if you're in the middle of that, uh, it must have felt, and that your whole existence felt like there was no chance to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like right. Right. What type of lizards are we chained up under? 
Uh, Tony, go ahead, Tony. Oh, shit, I get to say something? Well, look, what I'm telling you is, I, I, you, I don't know how you, you when, when, somehow you started talking like when Jim was talking, and, and he did it during Carmella, and this is not like a chastising thing, but I'm just saying, uh, you couldn't, somehow you couldn't hear them talking, I, I'm assuming. Um, I could hear them talking, and I was mostly agreeing with them, and I was trying to explain footnote. That's all I'm talking about. And I'm trying to footnote some of the stuff that they're talking about. And oh, then, we, we just wanted to complete our thoughts. That's all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. Well, by the time you complete your thoughts, we're on a different total list. Uh, I know, but you got to just wait. You have to okay. wait because otherwise, because, so just so you know, Carmela and Jen both have come on the show a hundred times. A hundred. Okay. Yeah, they came I'm, on I'm 22 the to the moon a hundred times. Don't understand. System. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. So uh uh one of the uh so um this is the thing. So what kind of math would a hoe have had to do during slavery time? There'd be almost no way to have that kind of hoe math because if somebody could just Make new slaves, and uh, I, I don't see how uh, you know whole math used to be here. Is this here? Let me start over again. Here, let's try this. Try another angle on whole math. What kind of whole math is being done during um, arranged marriages? You know what I mean, <laughs> right? This question for me. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, were you arranged? Are you arranged? <laughs> I mean, so this pisses everybody off when I say it, but fuck it. Uh, I include marriage as as a doctrine of slavery. It's why I refuse to participate in the contractual agreement. It it really doesn't have a whole lot other to do. Like taxes are not a great example for me. There's no equivocal math. Uh, in slavery times, I imagine women had to look at men with that, like, are you healthy enough to stay alive? Because if you widow me, I'm broke. I no longer own anything. So I guess I have to go be a whore. Uh, Or I have to find a new husband uh, who will hopefully now take me and my children. Uh, The survival concept uh, for looking for a mate was still relevant during those times. And I imagine a man's worth probably included how many slaves he owned. I'm sure that that was a choice for white women of some classes. Uh, arranged marriages by parents, like that, that's a longer running concept of marriage than what we know now as the practice of marriage. Women themselves have been bought and sold for thousands of years through the passage from their fathers to their husbands and then in prehistory to their sons even. Their sons became guardians of their estates. And we have made, as women, equivocal progress in a very short amount of time. And it came back to reproductive rights. As soon as women, which this is, this is like 100 fucking years, guys, 100 years. Once women started to be able to control whether they were just married and bred, and they had a choice to choose when they wanted to have children, women's rights 
uh, actually became an issue. Like politically, socially, you look at all of the bursts of feminism, of equal rights and pay or attempts at it, um, big social movements. These happened at the same time that different types of birth control became available. <laughs> so home math has probably been always the way it's been, which is like, please don't let me die in childbirth. Uh, and like, maybe if I pick one man over another man, I might live longer and my kids might have a better life. Pretty sure that's always been home math. That is some deep home math right there. Uh, well, think about once again. That so sounds like to... that sounds like that. That just sounds like. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to understand like how, like what you're you're describing as far as home math sounds, very uh, a lot like slut shaming. But but I but un, but what's underneath that is patriarchy. And I'm trying to understand where you're going with this. <laughs> like, is it, like, is it, like, is it the woman's is fault? Is it the term "ho" that that throws it towards the slut shaming? Because that's not my intention at all. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like I'm wondering, it, like, it's like for me, like it's, it's the transactional guidance that comes in the term of "ho" or "prostitute" and how that actually is managed more by security than necessarily financial transaction. That really, in the it's end, really like, hoeing it hoeing. is a way to survive through selling yourself as a woman and your service. And your services. So maybe the word so survival a, so needs to be like stuck a, in there? So it's like a, so it's a branch of, like, survival and patriarchy and... You know, I would argue that, that, like, I mean, it sounds offensive, but I would just say that, like, women should probably normalize the idea that we've all, we all potentially are made hoes by, by the patriarchy. No matter what side of the fence we think we're sitting on, we're all in the same fucking pasture, wife, prostitute, mistress, otherwise. We're all, we're all in the same. So my intention is definitely not to slut shame anyone. Well, how um, about this? How about this? Uh, how about this expand the topic to, to men and say that if you are a man who works in a coal mine, you're hoeing out your lungs. If you're a man playing football, you're hoeing out your knees. You know what I mean? Your spine. Uh, basketball is your knees, right? If you uh, lift in boxes every day at a, at, a, at a place, man or woman, you are hoeing out your back, right? And, and when you do some hoe math using your back, you got to think about where they're going to be walking crooked later in your life. How about that? Does that make sense? So, uh, if the concept of everything is pimps and hoes, right? And then the whole thing is, uh, can you pimp and hoe yourself so you can control your own destiny? Or can I you arguably choose... disagree, Travis? Go ahead. From someone who's done construction and someone who's been penetrated, there are a lot of similarities. But, oh, damn, are there some differences. <laughs> <laughs> preach, preach. Uh-huh. I mean, while while these both may be fruit, they are not. This is apples and oranges. I think at the end of the day, um, I think I, w- I wish I was the type of woman that every time a man said, "Yeah, like if somebody would pay me a hundred dollars to get fucked, I'd take it." And my answer always wants to be to like sling out a hundred dollars and be like, "We'll bend over." Right. Other than I can't actually do that. Like I, I wouldn't be able to stomach myself to do that. But I think someone should maybe. Uh, the concept of uh, 
allowing someone to share in your body being equivocal to using your body as a tool to make other tools work or to function. Um, that's, that's a hard leap for me. And I do hear the comparison hear a lot. But, uh, okay. Also, so whoever just did mind, that caused the echo, but go ahead, Jen or Carmela, whoever was going to say. Yeah. Keeping, I mean, also keeping in mind that a lot of this was built on um, what men wanted women to do, you know, um, Women couldn't vote. Uh, Women didn't have agency over their bodies. Women were, like, viewed as cattle, and maybe some of these ideas were just passed down, you know, as, you know, like, um, I just know, like, the way I grew up in the environment that I grew up, my, I was told by older uh, female family members, hey, don't, you know, don't come home with a... (laughs) With a wet ass and open and and, and uh, empty pockets, you know. Mm. If you're gonna if you you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be with somebody, be with somebody who's gonna bring you some value in life, you know that sort of thing. So I mean, I understand that that transactional piece, but coming up tomorrow on your fault for coming up tomorrow <laughs> on your fault for listening, wet ass and empty pockets. <laughs> No, I, I, can I give yeah. the saying the actual saying? Can I give the actual saying? It's, it's you just do said, it. Just do it. Tony. A dry, a dry purse and a wet pussy don't match. Dry per- <laughs> damn. A dry <laughs> purse and a wet damn. pussy don't match. Damn. Yeah. All right, I'm but done. It's, but it's. I'm, I'm but out. I think that. I'm mute. I think that. I think that a lot of I think that now today we have we have choices, but there that same old way of thinking has been bred into us, ingrained in us. You know, uh, when back when my back when my mother was growing up, um, what she had to look forward is I'm going to be a teacher or a homemaker or a secretary, or a nurse, you know, I mean, those were, those were the choices. I mean, I've, I've spoken with women who had it hard, even trying to get into law school. My grandmother, my grand, my mother told me that my grandmother was mad at her because my grandmother wasn't allowed to go to nursing school and she was. Yeah. And that's, that's not a, that's, that's working with the cards that you were dealt. But I don't I don't equate that to being a hoe, you know. I I I look at that as looking at look at that as dealing with the cards that you were dealt within a system of patriarchy that created the system in which women feel like they need to. Uh, okay, but here, how about this? How about this? Stuff. How about this, Jen? This is my joke about pimps. Okay, uh, I said uh, <laughs> a pimp to me is a pimp to me is anyone trying to get you to do something that benefits them more than you. So that means if you have a job at all, you're a hoe. And if your boss is the owner, that makes your boss your pimp. But if your boss is not the owner, that just makes your boss the bottom bitch. That's the hoe that the pimp trusts more than the other hoes. Sometimes kids pimp parents. But whoever's making the noise, mute themselves. Uh, sometimes kids pimp parents. If you're a parent and you do what your kid wants you to do instead of what you should do as a good parent, your kid is pimping you. 
And if you do it because you don't want to hear the baby cry, that would make a baby's cry a pimp slap. And if a baby's cry is a pimp slap, we're all pimps, and we are. Every child, boy or girl, looks more like the father than the mother. That's nature's way of helping the baby and mom pimp the father, and it's sticking around. Discovery Channel. So if that's all true, I said, who is the greatest pimp of all time? At first, I thought it was Hugh Hefner, because men paid to see his women, knowing in advance they never touch him. But even greater than that would be Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz owns Starbucks, and he's actually convinced people they got to give him $5 on their way to work. Hey, before you see your pimp, you bring me five. Right? So if you are doing something where you're doing a majority of the work but not getting a big enough piece of the pie, wouldn't that be ho-ish? By the way, Lydia, I do agree with you with the with the um, with, with the with the using the holes versus being used as a hoe or a tool. I I agree with that. That is a whole other level that a guy selling his holes couldn't even begin to understand. I can appreciate too the generational difference for women, uh, and I can appreciate though that we're still we're still on the same level when we talk about that like looking for a partner that can provide for you was taught to you that was a concept that was taught to all of us as women uh and no matter how woke um of a position that you even grew up in like i i grew up with gay men through puberty you know um Mm -hmm. but i was still told time and time again like the main goal was to like grow up and find a nice boy who's going to take care of you that's a common uh, ideal, but it's still based on this idea that like women have to find a, a resource outside themselves to feed themselves and to make money. And granted, the choices are limited, but there still are so many choices now for women. There's so many other ways of empowerment, I feel like now. And maybe other this than, is just is a white lady one? thing. I'm going to admit right? that. No, no, think about it. What you're I saying feel like is... there's other choices now. Uh, that mindset, of like how how to find what you want in life. That mindset, what you're talking about is, is he the one? Okay, that could be a whole other episode on the Science Monday. Is he the one? Let's do some science on that, right? And then you can just basically go off. Why are you looking for the one? Be the one. Is that what you're saying? Without um, even yeah, act like I mean, I'm just saying be self be be self financed. Like make your own money. Um, like as soon as that opportunity avails itself rather than trusting someone else to provide for you. Um, and there's so many deep, complex social issues that affect that ability. And I get that too. Uh, but a lot of times I'm sitting around in a room full of fucking white privileged women that are still making the choices to like search out men for, you know, like they're thinking 75 grand a year is fucking like good times. And they would be offended by the term ho too because they don't I would say want to associate that survival through relationship or through transaction uh, is, is a wide spectrum I think that's what I what I, I try to I would try to explain so are you saying then that the people who call people who sell their holes hoes that Basically, you're saying you're just saying expand the definition of hoe, because yeah, yeah, and and that's how I was trying to do. I was saying that uh, 
Like, um, look, if you're doing something you don't want to do uh, to get paid, then that would be, uh, and you really don't want to do it, right? It ain't the same exact thing, right? But uh, it's it's whole like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, especially when you add in like the, um, but it is a whole nother level. And I think it would be even a, a worse situation to be to be stuck, right, in um, a situation of being a hole where you never have your own money, right? Like the extreme version of, you know, I'm going to have to, we're going to do whole math part two um, because I want, I want to, you know, because you got to, it's the mindset of the pimps. That, I'm open so, to a renaming on this topic. By the way, we can rename this. It's just whole math came easy. Uh, how about how about whole survival math or something like that? Is that what's needed? Um, what would you change it to, Jim? I think no, it's no. The term "hoe" that's offensive. No, no. Jim's not like Jim's not offensive. She's just a strong enough willed mind woman that like you that. Uh, and, and, you know, Carmel, that's why y'all are even on the show. That's why y'all are part of the show. That's why I um, am thankful for the mind time because we're just talking it out. And, uh, and what I'm saying is uh, the way she challenged you was just that word. It seemed like that. And then she, but then once you explain one part of it and then, and then she went on with the, with the wet, you know, the wet ass and the, and the dry purse or the, I forgot how y'all said it or, 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 or top, but um, dry person um, wet ass. Yes, yes, dry exactly. Wet, wet ass, dry purse. Wet, <laughs> wet, 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 exactly. wet ass. <laughs> that was perfect, Tony. Uh, <laughs> damn. Okay, and so when you say it like that, okay, so uh, I've heard stories about how. Some actor or not had to uh, here. I'll just say it like the person said it themselves. So on the Richard Pryor uh, roast of the Richard Pryor show, right? On the day it had, it had like a, a Robin Williams, Marshall Warfield, Sandra Bernhardt, uh, uh, John Witherspoon, who was the father, like on a House Party and on the Boondocks. Uh, um, Richard Pryor says to Paul Mooney. Uh, what's the name of that director that we went up and fucked and I got two movie roles? And, <laughs> and when he said that, what was so cold about it was you know he was telling the truth, right? And so later on, uh, Ronaldo Ray uh, was telling the same story about how he went over to some director's house and how, uh, and how uh, the director wanted uh, to do stuff with him and he didn't want to do it, so but the director lived but in Hollywood Hills, where he had to climb up you know, you know, uh, a long hill after you park way down at the bottom. And as he's walking down the hill, Richard Pryor and Paul Mooney were going up the hill. And then uh, 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 he said uh, to Richard Pryor uh, later on, what happened up there? He said, we went up there and fucked that guy, and I got two movie roles. And so when when I first heard that, I'm serious, about Hollywood, my first thought was, Ain't nobody in Hollywood not on the casting couch except Stevie Wonder. Because he would have been, in my mind, the only person with enough talent they couldn't deny him. And in the documentary about Motown, Barry Gordy said, 
that uh, that all he knew when Stevie joined Motown was he could play that harmonica, right? So, so there you go. So anyway, but that is in but some star do, or somebody oh, with some talent. Wait, Shut up, dude. Mute yourself, Tony. Murphy. Mercy. Oh, Tony, mute, mute yourself. Yeah, I am. Hold so on. for uh, so I understand what you said when you said that about how um, it's different for a, a, a woman where uh, if she's stuck in a, a marriage where she's stuck with uh, with bad whole math, that is a, a far greater um, having thought it through equation. Right uh, of of like um, of longevity and horror and and and, and depending on what religion you're stuck in, he's thinking he can do a whole bunch of shit to you that that nobody should be thinking they do to anybody, and uh, um, I think yeah, that people, uh, people yeah, people question people question the women who stay in those situations, not the monsters that help put them there and keep them there. Yeah, well, think about this. Our world really does a lot of blaming the victim. We got to do a whole a long episode on blaming the victim on Science Monday because it, it it's unscientific to blame the victim. I think this caller right here. I'm going to try and check real quick. Uh, caller, I'm opening up your line. Uh, did that work? I'm trying to do it. It's uh, I think it might be Sean, y'all. But if not, uh, I'll close it back up. Sean, your line's open. It is. Yeah, it is. So, Sean, this is Sean Murphy, y'all. Sean Murphy uh, is one of my first grade friends. Uh, he looks like Sean. the dude. He looks like the dude in uh, 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 what's the movie with uh, uh, Jeff Bridges? Um, and Sean uh, is a guy who uh, he, he got kicked out of uh, Lutheran school in fifth grade because he asked the teacher, "Why ain't there no Chinese people in the Bible?" <laughs> Okay, and uh, and he came on Money to the Moon for probably like 200 episodes. And so, I'm real quick, I'm gonna tell you who everybody is, Sean. On the line, we got Tony Zamboni, uh, 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 b boy rapper, poet, uh, extraordinaire, producer, renaissance man. We have Carmela, you know, Carmela with the uh, what's the name of the vegan um, thing um, that y'all do, um, Carmela. Oh, we used to do vegan food chat. Now I just run a vegan grocery store. You run? What's the name of your vegan grocery Listen store? Listen to you all for an hour. Sounds interesting. It's called uh, V Marks the Shop. Y'all had Vegan Haven out in Seattle. I don't know if they they're supposed to be reopening, but it's similar. So all the stuff in the shop has no animal products. Okay, so check this out. I would love if that's why you said what you said to me earlier, then I would love, and um, a lot of people, on, a few people on the line would love to be a part of something like that. Um, so Lydia is, uh, she's uh, really uh, huge in the cannabis world, where, and she does uh, like uh, activism, and she does, uh, t- uh, I don't know if you heard this part, Sean, she does cannabis hospice. Okay. Well, and, decent thing. Yeah, when she said yeah, when she said that to me, I, I said, you know, hey man, I, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll do anything you want ever, you know, because that's that's so honorable. And uh, she is um, uh, my first interview for uh, "Can I Get a Witness" um, part one, which we'll play in a couple of days. On um, we're going to start doing Wake and Bake Sundays. Uh, we're going to do uh, Think Better Tuesdays, and we're going to do Wine Wednesdays. 
All right, uh, 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 thinking out loud Thursdays and funny story Fridays. So, uh, so right now I'm really loving the conversation about whole math, and it's really kind of deep. But basically, and so basically, when you just hear about a so trying to empathize with somebody who's stuck in a uh, like arranged marriage, a uh, uh, whole math that you didn't do none of the uh, calculation. You know what I mean? Calculations on it at all. Somebody did all those calculations for you. You know what I mean? That's like, and I think what's really deep is when you watch like Game of Thrones, um, it kind of explains that part of it. And oh, here, anyway, the reason why I brought up the uh, uh, arranged marriage and stuff in the first place, y'all, just just for a little fun topic, just for a quick second that we can maybe use uh, to promote uh, this show and the other shows on our, on our, on our, the your your fault for listening network um, is that coming to America is coming out, coming to America is coming out on, uh, on Friday. And one of the coolest things I heard, and I started watching like all the interviews cause they ain't like giving away the plot in the interviews. They're just talking about what was going on on the, on the set. And one of the funniest things said was Eddie Murphy said, they asked him, what was the coolest thing on the set? Was it, was it, was it, was it being with your daughter? You know, was it, you know, seeing your daughter on, on the same set as you. And he said, you know, you know, I, no, cause you know, you know, my daughter, uh, you know, you know, we practiced, we ran lines, you know, um, I made her audition. He said the coolest thing on the set was looking over and seeing Morgan Freeman eating some clam chowder talking about, and I, I can't do Morgan Freeman, but he said, uh, is that a, is that lobster in my bisque? Or how, and remember he did a perfect Morgan Freeman and I'm just saying, wait a minute, Morgan Freeman is in this? Come on, come on. How cool is that for Eddie Murphy to look over and see Morgan Freeman on the set of Coming to America? <laughs> How cool is that? Is that a cool ass story, y'all? Oh, yeah. Like in the old one when he was with Red Fox and all the other ones in that one, one from New York. Harlem yeah, Red? sorry. It's a Harlem Nights, dummy. That's a, that's, that's a, Harlem Nights. That's a R-E-D. D F O X X period. <laughs> oh man, I love Red Fox. I was uh so anyway, back to whole math. Okay, because whole math is important to me too. Uh um and so whole math is really rough because if somebody has the purse strings, man, that's uh and, and you gotta do whatever they say. That's a bad whole math because um, sometimes with familiarity comes contempt quickly. You can see that like in Game of Thrones, right? Uh, you know, uh, wife oversteps her bounds in some ex- insignificant way, but she married to, uh, you know, King Joffrey growing up, you know, with Joker jeans in, in, full, in full effect. And uh, if, <laughs> yeah. right? And if absolute, if power corrupts absolutely, and if the Bible or other religions or ever just the marriage way people talk about it, uh, a woman is under the rule and thumb of a man, then uh, that, like uh, Lydia was saying, getting married at all seems like a bad idea. Uh, one thing, and I'll just shove let everybody else go, is um, Carl Warmanhoven, comedy mentor, who... Um, at the Comedy Underground would play What a Wonderful World every open mic so I could go up there and practice and sing over top of Louie. Uh, 
He uh, one time told us that he was happily unmarried to his uh, love for 29 years. Like they were together, together, lived together, but happily unmarried. And, and like Lydia said, it's a bad, it's a bad decision to a lot of people. Like uh, Tanner used to say on, on Funny to the Moon, uh, marriage ain't got. Uh, no, me and Tanner were actually at a guy's house. Uh, she married him. She had two kids uh, before they got married. Had three after they got married. And and Tanner was putting in a shower with multiple shower heads on it. And 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 dude came in there and he just said, marriage ain't got nothing in it for the man. All I do is take the kids to their games or shopping or take her shopping. Right, that's all I do. So that's what I was his perspective. <laughs> okay. Right? right? I'm, I'm, I'm a married person. I could I I could say, um, no disrespect, but if I if I didn't fall for the Yes, you need to be married and to be whole as a woman. You need to whatever. I've been perfectly fine. Back when I was, a, you know, young adult, I was like, I'm never going to get married. And then I bought into this thing that I'll be, I'll be married. And I was married at 30. I'm still married technically, <laughs> but I would, I kind of wish it didn't happen. Um, because marriage in itself is a commodity. Um, that's why you have people that would just throw all the money to just have a reception at like what are fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. I know some people that have done that. Um, but going and we're talking about math. It's all about numbers, really. Like how you, how do you get the power? You have to make the numbers. You have to have the most numbers, really. Um, it's the same exactly. thing. Like why you see people? Why you see people right now? It's very different. I know when I was growing up. All the adults I knew had been working at the same job for 20, 30 years. Yep. Now you see people, made, especially in the tech space, they're lucky if they make it past two years in a, in a, in a company on the, on the corporate right. level. Um, but they're still trying to chase the same thing that those folks who had the long-term jobs, they're still trying to chase the same thing. They're just going to multiple places to try to catch whatever little bit of security they can find. They're trying to catch a company that goes on like a viral wave. You know what I mean? Like a company that, um, you know, a company that that rises up the stock market and shoots to the top. You know what I mean? They're trying to, you know, they're trying to live that wall street and, and, and they're all, and they're all doing like that, uh, that backstabbing in the back, you know, trying to, you know, uh, stuff. And, um, but I would bet, but I would bet that the pandemic has thinned out the skillless psych, uh, social psychopaths. Okay. So if everybody's working from home, you can't copy off, uh, uh, somebody else's thing. You know, you can't steal their idea. In the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me tell you, as somebody that worked remotely <laughs> for for a, like five years, oh, certainly people are shady as fuck, and they're gonna do whatever. So they will steal, even if you're not in their face. They will <laughs> yeah, they find will. ways to do it. They will scapegoat you. They will do whatever it takes so that they can be. They can get that promotion. They get a few more dollars. 
they they do whatever. It it's very cutthroat. It doesn't matter if you're in the face or not. Tell you stories. Maybe for one you know, one of those Fridays I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> well then just well then hey how about this? How about this? Just tell it now. I'll just give you the intro, you tell the story now, and then that way I'll use it on Friday. How about that? Here we go. Right. Carmelo <laughs> with a funny story on for funny story Friday on your fault for listening. It's okay, so I I've learned I have to say I had some I had I had some really I had a real a couple of really great bosses uh when I worked for a certain entertainment company that kinda set me straight and said, Look, don't feed into this nonsense. Always look out for yourself. You train here to make money, you look out for yourself. So my last job before I left the corporate life to run my store, um, I was working remotely because I had moved to Philly. I'd take care of my mom, all this stuff. Um, and because I set my terms, I said, I'm not, not going to take a two-hour car ride for a 30-minute a meeting. So this one person, she never did her stuff on the level. She skated by. She had a boss that believed everything that she said. And she was trying to get up to some director level. So something didn't go her way because she didn't follow the rules. And I said, I'm not doing your stuff. So she ran to whoever she could. I got a phone call at like 8 o'clock at night on a Friday from my boss asking me this most ridiculous question. Carmela, did you uh, tell this gender uh, some nonsense? And I was like, you know I didn't say that. I didn't have that kind of conversation. Absolutely not. So he went back, and there was this whole email thread. Oh, well, we don't know because Carmela hasn't been in the office. You know, we don't know what she's doing. Look at me. My partner can tell you. I stayed up until about 1 a.m. pulling three years' worth of emails everything that I've ever documented around this one vendor and to prove this woman wrong. And I get a call, I think 9 a.m. on Saturday. That was a fun call. Like, so uh, we have a lot of documentation to go through now because this woman is saying this, this, and this. I said, look, you got all my stuff. Have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. On Monday, I got, I pulled my email. I had nothing but apologies. Sorry for wasting your time. Sorry we got this wrong. Sorry we listened to this woman because she didn't do what she was supposed to do. So this is like all this cut through, cut through stuff. People want to say whatever and be trashy, and then they don't know who's on the other end. They think, oh, this is some fool. that They're not in the office. They're just doing whatever. But, no, you, you played with the wrong one. So... Up until I left, this woman was scared to be in any meeting with me, be it in person or on or over video conference or whatever, because she didn't want to hear me tell the truth. So she tried to hit to find somebody what, else to be. She a kept her, her job. Yep. Oh my God! All right. I'm was here. she white? Let's say really. Yes. <laughs> really? She, 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 she would not identify yeah. as a person of color. Wait, wait, wait. Was she, she would not identify as a person of color. <laughs> she was white identified. <laughs> yes. White, there you herself. go. You know what? That's a that's a new title for a show. White identified. People gonna have to click to see what that is. 
because <laughs> they know. Yeah, I we, love it. We got a couple. We got we got to do a show called White Identified and and another one called Corporate Chicanery because me and Carmela could probably go for like days on that. Yes. Can we also add in White Inspired because I've been doing that lately too. I've been saying that to people. <laughs> I've been saying that for people. I, I, I love it. White inspired. I love it. Hey, you know what's funny right now? Hey. hey, you know what's funny? I told y'all Lydia was good, right? But right now, when, when Lydia heard Carmela's story, Lydia knows Carmela's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? <laughs> Right, Lydia, and Lydia, uh, yeah. Lydia, Lydia, Lydia knew that Jen was good the way Jen challenged her on the hoe. Right, right, and now it was just really was deep. I'm just listening to it like I, I'm, I'm looking at it like uh, I feel like um, I'm just watching it like 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 I'm watching listening to the best radio show I could possibly be a part of, and that's why I kept um, uh, cutting you off, Tony, because I was like, you know, this is kind of like uh, this is the ladies and they got their shit going, and you know. You know, case somebody, you know, uh, we don't need to say shit right now because this shit was good, you know, because they, uh, they were going at it and I wanted to see how the whole thing around, wound up. And then Carmella, who, Carmella, I just, uh, Carmella went and just went Hulk on, on, on the funny story, right? There you go. No and that's what we no call worries, funny stories, funny stories, corporate chicanery. There you go. Chicanery. White identified, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, I mean, those are great topics because remember, it's all about a topic that makes you want to click. Oh, by the way, Carmela, uh, just to make you feel good about what we talked about earlier. Uh, uh, as far so, I uh, I'm I'm like a delivery driver in the Seattle uh, surrounding areas, okay, and I walk around as Darth Vader, and so I know the places that like the other vegan places. I got a whole bunch of ideas I'll talk to you about later on. But because also we uh, uh, we know those people. I'm like a, a man. What if what if uh, Art Vader delivered uh, your vegan stuff to people? How about that? Ooh, that right would be that would be awesome. Well, that, that well check it out. So check it out. Uh, this is how many. So like me and a bunch of like okay, so like a couple high school basketball teammates. And some other people that I know who play sports around here locally, one got played like uh, different things. They're all delivery drivers right now. The people who still live here are delivery drivers, okay? And we've been talking about doing our own delivery service, and that's enough. To, I don't need to talk about that anymore. Ta-da! You're, you're, so that might have filled in some of the holes in what you what you what you think about Seattle, because Seattle is the o- okay. So um, Seattle, the reason why Seattle's perfect for that, it is it is organic. Here, um, here, I, I don't even want to say it, Lydia. Uh, Lydia and then Tony tell Carmela why this is a blat- a great place to have a vegan restaurant uh, here. Because uh, that's uh, all they do around here. They don't go more than six blocks away to get their food around here. They get it ordered all the time, and there's no place to park, so you can't drive to go get your food. And so, therefore, you got to have your meals delivered. So that is one place called Homegrown, where people order frozen, already made, vegan, locally sourced, or however you know it is, uh, food. Right? I uh, one of the chefs that uh, is going to be doing a show on Big Funny TV. Uh, he does all this stuff locally sourced, and has you know you know shit like that. It's the bomb, right? 
Uh, Lydia, go ahead. Tell her why it would be good to do that out here. She's in New York, but uh, there you go. Lydia? Uh, I mean, Seattle's just like the queen place of uh, we want to be eco-friendly and trendy. And right now, um, while I understand, like, uh, vegan food has made vast improvements. Like, everybody out here is looking for the new vegan fix so that they can kind of socially say that they're being responsible and healthy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, the lifestyle of, of being vegan is very political. And uh, it, it is mostly, I would say, acquired, unfortunately, out here by in certain districts that are predominantly white. And how about uh, this? It's been like this for a while. My father said that he... <laughs> Stop eating meat in 1974. Okay, but uh, but also Carmela, how about this one? Uh, out here, so everybody out here got enough money to try everything vegan, and so therefore, whatever your recipes are, whatever your flavors are, whatever combinations you already made, it's way over in New York. They ain't had them. That's a business and a half. Wouldn't you say so, Lydia? Um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, I can that, yeah. hear you. My, my, one of my friends, so I'm in Philly now, um, but my friend from Brooklyn, she moved out four years ago, and I had another friend that she went to Evergreen State, and she she only just moved back to the East Coast. Um, but yeah, one of the complaints she's like, she's like, there's a there's vegan there's vegan food, but it's not on the level like we knew in New York, and so she keeps asking me when I'm going to send her a care package of stuff from my shop. Um. And okay, like, so here you go. Yeah, here you go, Carmela. Let me ask you a question. Um, yeah. Make us all go. Mmm. Tell us one uh, uh, item uh, in your restaurant. Well, my so I don't have a restaurant; it's a store. But I can tell you. Sure. Um, I, uh, so I work with this bar to make they make some meals and stuff for my place. And one of the things that they make, which is amazing, is this roasted jackfruit that's supposed to be like roast pork with broccoli rub and provolone cheese. It is the most amazing thing I've ever had. Um, that sounds so, so good. Does that my... sound good, y'all? I've never tried jackfruit. I'd have to try it. A little watery. Yes, I've had jackfruit. There's, 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 there's a barbecue place that serves it here. That's the fuck up off me, dude. What? I always got to put my you. hand down and, and catch wet. No. Are you talking to the dog? We're, we're, we're on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. You're still on? I'm sorry. I thought I. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what the heck? I thought hey. the hey, oh, I'm, I'm from Philly. I'm from Philly. So oh, cool. I what, definitely what, Huh? What area part of Philly? Oh, I'm originally from southwest Philly, but I've lived in West and Northwest. Um I had some people out northeast and suburbs of Philly, like Bucks County. Yeah, so. I I used to live in West, now I live in South because it's to be closer to my, my south. Oh, out west. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I used to be out there too. Yeah. Like 52nd Street. <laughs> okay. But see, if they're y'all, if lot, y'all they're really... They're doing a lot on 52nd Street now. If, if y'all really listen to Carmela's description, okay, here, I'm going to try to do it as Cosby. You have to understand, the, 
the second word she said as the jackfruit was pork. <laughs> she said pork. <laughs> she got vegan. It tastes like pork. Everybody's gonna try it. They have to, right? I mean, you got vegan I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, uh, look, uh, Carmela, if you can make, and, and then Lydia said there's a barbecue place that uses jackfruit. So yes, so that means that's yes. So we know. We, so then, Carmela, we uh, show like a video of your stuff, and then I do like the Arby's voice or somewhere between him and James Earl Jones, and then you have jackfruit drizzled with provolone cheese and whatever the hell else she said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I would happily do that for you. Uh, you know what I mean? Hey, I'll, I'll, any voiceover, anything. I, I would love that. We, hey, we, we got. We, we got a. Uh, we got a. Uh, we got. I, I, I could I'd be in between Red Fox and Louis Armstrong going, we got pork fruit on the plate. That's right, pork fruit. It's jack, jack fruit. Tastes like pork. You got to come on down to, what's the name of your place, Carmela? What's the name of your uh, thing? Uh, my uh, V Marks the Shop. V Marks the Shop? Yeah, so to take on X Marks the Spot. Yeah, how about this? V Marks the Shop. If you want to deliver it, V Marks the Drop. Right, have Art <laughs> Vader and the Imperial Falcon bring bring some uh, pork, pork, p- some pork tasting fruit. It, it's fruit, but it's pork. But it's but it's but it's, it's <laughs> and it, with some provolone. <laughs> you you better get some cheddar or some uh, uh, some Colby. You can have jackfruit, pork, and Colby. We got have- eating Colby. At my shop, this is a crazy thing. People are a vegan Kobe. Like, there you go. There you go. Yeah, jackfruit with a vegan coat. A vegan, see, people they put the hot to have the vegan and the Kobe at at the V marks the spot, Jack. Spot in your belly with 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 the fruits and the jelly and the jackfruit. From oh my God. So, when I, so, when I'm out there with the my, I told you, especially my my. The plan is for me to be out there in August. So we're going to go find some some cool eats, and then I'll tell you how it compares to what I got out here. Yeah, and then we, you know, I'm, I'm saying right now, start figuring out how you can flash freeze that shit so me and Tony and the other drivers and Lydia, we can start our own business and just be uh, – and, and, and Jen's, Jen's like – Jen could be slinging that wherever she is. Hey, I got some more jackfruit for twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pop right? my trunk and we'll we'll do tailgate parties and everything. <laughs> right? <laughs> Y'all, right? you wanna know what the crazy thing right now is? It's like the big thing right now are vegan cheese boards and I'm seeing com- people creating charcuterie board companies and trying to sell yeah. something that like sell these boards for like a hundred bucks. But what yes, I'm trying to explain yes. to you about this, all this is this. Yeah, that's because they got it there someplace else. But in Seattle, it's like it'll be off the hook because that's all people do is order. We're talking about rich people stacked on top of each other like New York in Seattle. Okay, downtown Seattle is done for, but for tourists, right, for years, right? You ain't seen a black family just walking around uh, downtown Seattle in, in 15 years, okay? Uh and if they, if you do see them, they're either athletes or artists or uh, confused Negroes who think they white. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm not. Um. <laughs> white, is, white adjacent or white identifying. Right here. 
White ID, right there you go. White identified. Here we go. How about this for your? Or you make uh, it for, even deeper and say they are white inspired black folks. Oh, here, somebody's <laughs> yeah. on the line here. Let me open them up. Hold on a second. Your line is open. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you're open. Okay, so here, we check this out. Your line's open. Yeah. Is that me? Yeah, so here, I was going to do something for Carmela right quick, okay? So here we go. Carmela, we're going to do, a, maybe this could be a music for your commercial. Check this out. Yeah. You're vegan, ain't you? Whatever you have. Vegan. So it's really it's 
It's really deep. Oh, I know what. I think you got something funny that kind of mixes the two whole math and the vegan thing together. Uh, Joan Rivers on this special. Uh, Joan Rivers pulls out of this uh, trade the joke she had written, and uh, the joke she had written on this card was, why should I learn how to cook so my husband can tell some hoe how great my cake tastes? (laughs) (laughs) She's a right. I actually met her at my job. Maybe it was seven years ago. And she really? had me laughing in the in the elevator. Yeah, it's mad cool. She actually was coming in to um to do a casting call for, you know, her show on E during Fashion Week. And my office was two floors above her where she was going. Yeah, I ran into her when I left the building to grab lunch and I ran into her when I was coming back. And she was telling me some rat jokes <laughs> because uh one of the spots near the office um, had been exposed for uncleanliness and had video of rats coming out of, like, the pickle bucket that people were Whoa. digging into. So she was, uh, she had me cracking up, waiting for the elevator and up in the elevator ride, but she, she was hilarious. Really nice. Rat really, really nice. Joan Rivers. Yeah. Elevator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... That's funny. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I wish this show was sponsored by Amazon so I could say, uh, coming up this Friday, March 5th, coming to America. You know what I mean? Um, just because I'm excited about it. I don't know if y'all are excited as me um, and how important Eddie Murphy was in the uh, – I mean, if y'all really remember, Eddie Murphy was the first person on TV to really just turn it out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and then because of all the groundwork laid for him, was able to hop from TV to movies. And uh, there's stories about how Lucille Ball called up Eddie Murphy and told him, hey, kid, whatever it is, you got it. You know what I mean? Like she, um, uh, if y'all remember, uh, on the old episode of Funny to the Moon, Tana told us that Dick Van Dyke told him that Bieber, he got nothing. <laughs> I know I'm all over the place. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's deep right there, right? And then Eddie Murphy said, oh, here you go. One of the funny things I saw this week was that uh, uh, somebody asked the best question. Oh, Stephen Colbert asked the best question I never heard nobody ask. Stephen Colbert asked Arsenio, how did you and Eddie Murphy meet? And he said uh, he got a call on the phone. You had to be home to get the call. Back in those days, nobody had a cell phone. He got a call from Ken Ivory Wayans that said they were meeting down at the club to, because Eddie was coming into town to work on his Tonight Show set. And uh, 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 um, Arsenio said that uh, Eddie... And Damon Wayans were the last ones to arrive, okay. And you know, and uh, he said when when uh, when Keenan and Eddie got there, uh, uh, Eddie just was looking at him, just staring at him, like like tilted his head, like staring at Eddie Murphy, and just stared. He didn't say nothing yet, right? And then uh, and then uh, 
uh, he said, what's up, man? Arsenio said, and what's up, man? And then Eddie's still just looking at him. And Keenan said that Eddie Murphy's mom, Keenan tells him that Eddie Murphy's mom said that Arsenio looks like Eddie. And Eddie just, the first thing Eddie said to Arsenio was, <laughs> he said, Nigga, you don't look like me, <laughs> or you look, or you don't look like me, nigga. Cause one or the other. <laughs> Ain't that cool? And that's how they ended up being friends all these years. And so Arsenio was talking about how, like, uh, they had vowed to never make coming to you know a sequel of Coming to America. Okay, they mean really? they Yeah, they vowed to never do it. Okay, they just thought it was so perfect. There's no way it could be that perfect again, right? So uh, Arsenio said, but he said that like he saw people doing Halloween um, stuff with with the movie. He said he saw that uh, the Eddie that Eddie doesn't do social media, but Arsenio like took over video of the, the restaurant that it turned himself into McDowell's, and Arsenio, uh, our, uh, our Beyonce's people. Had call, uh, tried to contact Arsenio about doing a, a, a coming to America Halloween party, okay? And then so he showed over the years he had showed Eddie Murphy all that stuff, and um, and then he said finally Eddie secretly had been had some people working on the script, and uh, he, he took the script to Arsenio, and Arsenio read it and he said he said it's a page turner, like it's tight, right? And then. Eddie said in the interview that they had so much funny on the set of Dolomite. He had so much fun with Wesley Snipes. And mm-hmm. that is why Wesley Snipes is doing the role he's doing because that is a role that Eddie was supposed to do. Okay. So instead of Eddie doing an extra makeup day, they just had Arsenio. I mean, um, uh, uh, Wesley do that part. Okay. Right. That's deep, right? That mean that means that that means so that's another layer. So that's a character that would have been Eddie doing 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 the makeup, but when we watch it, we're gonna know that Wesley is the one, that, and Eddie knew too. Eddie said he had so much fun on the set with with, uh, with Wesley Snipes on Dolomite that they went straight from doing that movie right into doing Coming to America too, or Coming to America, right? And then the other thing about uh, Coming to America. Eddie said in, in one of the interviews was that uh, coming to America was supposed to be an all-black cast. But Paramount wouldn't let them have an all-black cast. And they had to have at least one white guy in the movie. And that's why Eddie thought, who's the funniest white guy that I know? And that's why Louis Anderson is in the movie. Louis! But he was in the last, he was in the first one. Well, you know, no, that's why he was in the first one. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why he was in the first one, in the first oh, place. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. ain't that deep? And then Arsenio said that uh, when Eddie was telling him about the, the, new, the new one, that Eddie wanted Tracy Morgan to, uh, to play Eddie's son, right? And, uh, and, uh, and, and Arsenio thought to himself, uh, Tracy Morgan looks almost old as you, Eddie, right? But he couldn't say that to him, so he had to make it funny. And so he said to Eddie, "Yeah, and then coming to America three, uh, we're gonna have Morgan Freeman play your son." <laughs> <laughs> and so that, yeah. And so I'm watching all these interviews because it was just so kind of cool. And so they're talking about Wesley Snipes and how uh, 
and Eddie's talking about how much he loves Wesley Snipes, right? So you got to know, if y'all didn't watch Dolomite, uh, My Name is Dolomite with Eddie Murphy on Netflix. Uh, that was that, the bomb. That was so good. Snoop Dogg, yeah. Chris Rock, everybody's in that too. Yeah, right? it, was, yeah. it was good. Yeah. And it was right. It's worth a watch. This one, coming to, America, coming to America, got the whole old cast back, right? And they said the set was beat. So you got to understand, everybody knows how important this is, right? How much this really is a classic, right? And so they're not going to mess it up. That's why Eddie said it took four years for them to get the script right, right? And it was really interesting because right when he said that, his voice changed and he said, and if they get Beverly Hills Cop 4, right, we're going to do that too. And I said right Ooh. then, when I said, uh, he was talking to the writers right there. <laughs> you see all this pub we're getting for coming to America? And then Eddie explained that coming to America is the only movie with black people in it that was a hit everywhere in the world. He said, and it's because it's the universal theme of arranged marriage. That brings us back to whole math. The whole math of coming to America, right? Because really that's what the uh, the plot maybe is, right? That uh, Eddie did some bad whole math and like uh, in Game of Thrones, you know, you mess up the uh, uh, the arranged marriage. There might be a red, re- a red, a red, a red wedding. That was pretty <laughs> yeah, they straight animal livestock. Uh, right, you know, I'll and, you're right. And so, mm-hmm. give me so, give me a couple of shekels and some sheep. Right, <laughs> shekels and sheep. Right, right? and so. so therefore, what Lydia was saying earlier, I think, and she can correct me. Is uh, we only got 36 minutes We can stop at any time if everybody's ready to go But I think we did a good job on this episode um, Of whole math Which is it's always going to be whole math And it's whether or not You're going to do the math yourself You're going to let them, somebody do the math for you And if they do the math for you You are stuck Inside their game And their benevolence And they may not give you uh, Anything to do any math with Was that what you were saying Lydia? Yeah. Or Jen or Carmela <laughs> or anybody. I, what do you think I've, about that? I've explained I'll, what I was I'll, saying a bunch of times. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk. I got three. I have. I have. Four, uh, excuse me. Three. I got four strong sisters. All right, and they're they're learning. They're they're barely learning how to 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 flip flip the game, man. You got to do whole math. On them, <laughs> you feel me? And just be a strong woman. I mean, you can be a strong woman. Everybody, oh, well, I'm a strong woman, or whatever. But when you get to the point, it's like the Jedi. You got to get to a certain point where you flipping the game. All right, that's 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 my whole math. All right. <laughs> so something like self empowered no is different than self financed. Yeah, no dry person. That's all right. Because <laughs> I already know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, yeah, you got to be self financed, or um, I don't know. I, I guess look, I, what I thought you were saying was something like maybe as a woman, you got to decide whether you're going to be using your mind or your holes. And a guy has to figure out he's going to use his mind 
or his back. Either way. Or holes. Um, it's, a, okay. it's a new one. Uh, yeah, more I'd, like, I'd like holes to also mind. be in the male option. I, I'd like to hear yeah. that more. That would that would make things a little bit more uh, equal. If the holes were male option? Yeah. The meals were yeah, a whole more. That's all. They, 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 you can't say just female. You got to say <laughs> it's a female. Well, yeah. Well, let's put it like this. I would happily be a hoe slinging uh, organic vegan food around uh, uh, Seattle. Right. Um, right. Uh, that would would be. Uh, you know, um, you know. I, I think that would be fun. I think it would be. Uh, I would love to help my friends spread uh, a right to business around uh, an area I know, and around the area Lydia knows everybody. You know, and Tony knows everybody. You know what I mean? And we're, uh, um, and we, you That's know, we know fun. people. Yeah. So that that okay. Here, just for just just for giggles, just give us one more. Um, one more uh, 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 food thing, um, Carmela. I mean, you really don't have to because really, jackfruit and pork. You could have stopped. You had me at pork, okay? Jackfruit, pork. Oh, um, right. I, I mean, mean, if we had so much, stuff. we had so much stuff. It's kind of wild, but uh, let's see. I think somebody that we work with does a vegan seafood mac and cheese. Ooh. Um. And so I I, there's many things, but I would like to try it. And if it tastes good, we, we got a problem here. Oh, uh, it's good. Uh, it's, Lydia? It's good. Like, or, or Carmela? No, I'm just saying it's good. I, I mean, I preface the fact that it's made by a black woman down in Baltimore <laughs> who I get stuff from almost weekly. Um and she just blew up. She just opened up two cafes down in down in her area. Um, I would die if it. I had to be vegan, by the way, because I'm allergic to coconut. I'm one of those, like, rare humans out there that, like, just can't do coconut. And all almost all vegan food uses coconut oil up here. Oh, you'd be surprised. So. This, like, this woman stuffs no coconut. Um, she does some stuff that's soy-free in her line. So she tries to hit as many allergens, like to remove them as you know, as much as possible. Mm, yeah, okay. I know a lot of people were relying on coconut for a minute because that just became the hot thing in the in vegan food trends. Um, but I'm seeing more and more get away from coconut now. Yeah. Uh, well, Sharon, I hope. I'll add your boys and ladies. <laughs> That sounds wonderful. All right, y'all. Thank you very much. I think this has been a wonderful first episode. The science of hearing how good jackfruit pork is going to be. And uh, the, science <laughs> whole, <laughs> the science of whole math. Um, the science of why white people are mad, part one. Uh, the science of angry <laughs> white people, which is really just uh, uh, afraid. That's it, it, a different, yeah, different A word. Right, they're just afraid. They're not angry. It's afraid. The science of afraid white people. Ooh, um, wow. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, let's. Uh, it's ten thirty on the East Coast. They're tired. Everybody's tired. Um, thank you, Lydia. Thank you, Carmela. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you all. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a great evening.
Thank you. Right. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye.